Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Off Topic Hot Topic, a bonus episode of the Hunting Seasons podcast. I'm Broderick Gordis. I'm Paul Mitzi. And I'm Liam Gordis. Six seasons in a movie! Off Topic Hot Topic. Uh, that's whatever you were talking about for you. In case you don't know, Off Topic Hot Topic is where we talk about the headlines of the TV and entertainment world and discuss the stuff we've been watching, reading, playing, and generally consuming. You should also know that we'd love getting topic suggestions from our listeners. So if you'd like to contribute a question, topic, or story to Off Topic Hot Topic, you can do so by emailing us at contact at huntingseasonspodcast.com or tweeting us at huntingscast. Before we get to the headlines, though, how are you boys both doing? How are you doing, Paul? How are you doing, Liam? Yeah, Fantastic. good. Um, yeah, back from my uh, trip through the US. So Ooh, yeah, um, finally rub it uh, in, rub it in. <laughs> my body clock's finally adjusted back to Australia, so I can sleep again, which is nice. nice. How much weight did you put on eating American food? <sighs> like a lot, <laughs> like <laughs> a ridiculous amount. I'm back on a diet this week. Um, Means you did it right. But yeah, I did a week-long cruise where it was buffets for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, mm. and I literally ate until I was sick every meal. So that's, that's I mean, not generally I, well advised. I mean, after like how long was that? Two weeks? Uh, th- that was a week. The cruise was right. a week. I mean, after the first three days, you probably stopped trying to eat until you're sick, right? I well, <laughs> got to get your money's worth. <laughs> yeah, I, I needed to get my money's worth. <laughs> Any highlights from the trip? Any anything that particularly stood out? Um. I got to see uh, the New York Symphony Orchestra play all the so- uh, all the music from the Studio Ghibli movies. Um, Ooh, all the and- music. There must have been a long fucking concert. Well, was- <laughs> and that was it- a week. Actually, it was sick. Actually, they played a selection from uh, all, right. all the Miyazaki, specifically the Miyazaki gotcha, films. Gotcha. Um, and uh, obviously, like the real composer was there conducting them, and uh, that was amazing. I pretty much just cried. For two hours straight watching that, it was amazing. Um, what wow, is your so. favourite Miyazaki film? Seven interest? <sighs> Howl's Moving Castle. A great. Yeah, uh, I great. Just, just on a visual level, the story, um, and probably a close second would be Laputa. I, I really love Laputa. Very cool. Hmm. Uh, Liam, you been doing any travelling? Travelling? Uh, yeah, I've been travelling to and from my house to my work. <laughs> oh, great! That's about it. Yeah, um, it's been look. I eat until I feel sick. I... <laughs> Don't even need a buffet. Don't even need a buffet. All right. Let's... There's a KFC between here and there. That's basically it. <laughs> That's your buffet. <laughs> let's get to some news, starting with the major headline. I really don't have the specifics of this written down, but let's just say a fucking shit ton went down with Warner Brothers Discovery since that merger. And HBO, of all places, seems to have really suffered the most, HBO Max. Um, so, Paul, you're a bit more across this than I am. What Break it down for me. What are the major headlines here? Drop so, yeah, another company, Discovery, has um, bought uh, HBO and Warner Brothers, um, and they've been doing some pretty major cost-saving measures. 
uh, probably the most controversial of that is scrapping movies that have already been completed yeah. and just refusing to ever release oh. them. That's what happened in- to... Yeah. Batgirl is Batgirl's it? Yeah. the major one, yeah. Bat- so the two major ones were Batgirl and the new Scooby-Doo movie. Mm-hmm. But I think the, the Batgirl one's the one that's really upset people. Um, it was going to have uh, Michael Keaton as Batman in it, and now we don't get to see that until... And Brendan Fraser playing the yeah. villain, I believe, mm-hmm. who is currently trying to make a comeback into like, Hollywood. Renaissance. I think this week, I think The Whale it. got like a 12-minute yeah. standing ovation or something like that. Yeah. Honestly, Apparently, the film's not great, but he is amazing in it. Okay. Okay, right. One of my favorite things in the world is watching videos of Brendan Fraser break down because the, of the appreciation he's finally getting from people in the world. Yeah. It is, it is beautiful. It's yes. like he's he's clearly there's been a big gap between the mummies and <laughs> now. Yeah, and, don't forget George of the Jungle. Yeah, well, George of the Jungle before the mummy, but <laughs> yeah. anyway, um, and. Yeah, it's it's just it's beautiful to see that people are actually appreciating him and he's like shit. He can't hold it in and it's amazing. Well, he got, yeah. I was like I'm glad he's been appreciated. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's stupid. Um, so basically they're saying that it's um taking the right tax write off is going to be better financially for them than actually releasing the film. Mm. And now which uh, I think is insane if Michael Keaton. Like okay, you you want to talk about you know, all the ideas about why people would be interested in watching a Batgirl film, fine. What, you know, this, that, whatever the thing is that you're interested in. Literally just Michael Keaton playing Bruce Wayne again is surely enough to release this movie. They get people to go, I kind of need to check that out because he's doing that again. Yeah, and apparently- through his own renaissance. Like, he's yeah. he, he's done what Brendan Fraser's doing right now. The Keatonissance. The Keatonissance. And the- apparently the <laughs> test screenings had been going really well. Like, people have been enjoying the film. But no one will ever get to watch it. So Fucking bullshit. Um, so, Surely they release it. That's well, right. so what happened was the, um, the directors didn't find out about the news of their film being scrapped until they saw the headlines. Ugh. Then they went into the server to try to make a backup. And they had already been locked out. Mm -hmm. So even the people involved in the film have no access to the footage. But they they did show it on on the lot or something. They showed like they had like a final screening of it for people that were involved, I heard. Oh, I didn't hear about that. That, that they, did a, they did a screening for the people involved. The thing is, you can't have a tax write-off and then release the movie. It's yeah. like, then you would you would have to financially recoup that somehow, basically, or pay that back. Like, if they are going to scrap it, it has to remain scrapped right now. Yeah. Um, the uh, one thing I saw was, like, someone had won a competition or something like that to be in the movie and, like, was really excited about it. Might have even been, like, a, one of those Make-A-Wish sort of things. Yeah. And, like, the parents are like, they like they took photos and stuff. They promised they'd get them to us. Is that going to happen now? Like, are we yeah. ever going to see this person, like, this stuff? It's, like, it's, it's the... It's not just no one's going to see this movie. It's all the people who fucking made this movie, all the stuff, mm. the work that went into it, the stories around it that just, uh, just there's nothing to show for it anymore. It sucks. Yeah. And and it was going to be like a Latinx uh, actress playing yeah. Batgirl, and that's been taken away from everyone. Like I don't know if you guys <clears throat> seen um all the reaction videos this week of little people mermaid. showing people showing their children um the Little Mermaid trailer, mm-hmm. um so that they can see like a black aerial and like how much that means to so many people. And mm-hmm. I can imagine this would be the same thing, and that's just being taken away from everyone. So. Um, wow. It's pretty sad. Um, but sad. then the uh, 
thing is, this is the same company that owns HBO Max, which is a major streaming service in the US. Their kind of content is spread along all of our Australian services. Yeah. But, you know, we love a lot of their shows. Um, so, uh, all of a sudden, overnight, they just took out a whole bunch of content, just removed it straight off the platform. And some of it is stuff that they are is available elsewhere, like Sesame Street, but other things are like HBO Max originals mm-hmm. that have been taken off, have never been released anywhere else. So suddenly there's all this content that is just completely unavailable. Um, and yeah, the internet absolutely shut itself because they're like, what's next? Is the whole service getting shut down? Mm. What's going to get cancelled? Um, and since then they've assured that the, the service is going to keep going. Um, and they haven't uh, announced too many ma- major cancellations since then, but it is really sad. Like, there's some great shows that have now just been great shows and movies that have been uh, scrubbed off the face of the earth, as far as Americans are concerned. Uh, one of them, Generation, is a show that I've uh, praised on this show before. I I really loved. Um, mm. And yeah, if you're in America now, you can't find it anywhere. So. There was a, 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 a more than one um, animated show, like a kids' mm. animated shows that were, you know, praised or popular that now are just gone. Multiple seasons of the show, new seasons that had been, or a new season had been completed that will never see the light of day because the show is just gone. Not just scrapped, also off the the HBO Max service, but like. The YouTube clips and stuff are gone. Like, it's almost like it's been erased completely off the face of the fucking earth. And that's a problem for people who are looking to get work other places. Because if you can say, well, I did five seasons of this animated show, but I cannot point you in the direction of where you can look at it, Mm. you may as well have not done the work. Um, It's just fucked, the whole whole thing. And none of these decisions are made... based on the quality of the show it's all based on like how many residuals do we have to pay to keep it on the service if we have to pay this company because there's music's in it or this company because uh you know they have the rights to this that or the other um they just ripped it out so it's pretty sad some of the movies that are gone now include uh, Lockdown, Seth Rogen's time travel comedy in American Pickle, which I had watched. I think that might be on Netflix here even. I have watched that. Yeah. Um, Charm City Kings and the House Party reboot. Um, but the-, uh, the House Party reboot, that that has since changed. Um, now oh, okay. that's, that's going to get a cinema release instead of getting a HBO Max release. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um. Yeah. Just. Yeah. Kind of fucked. And it's this is the this is the worry. I guess. So, we've seen this bubble of streaming services just building and building and building and building and building for a while. And like Netflix has had its stock drop earlier in the year because its subscriber base actually went down rather than up, and it's had to cancel a bunch of shows here and there. And all of a sudden, you're not just not sure what's going to last anymore. At what point do we get to where? Some of these services just go bust and content that never gets released physically disappears forever. Uh, could that happen to Netflix? Could that happen to other streaming services? Like, will it get sold off and to maybe to the ones that remain? Maybe, but maybe not. Maybe it's just gone. And so watching this happen to HBO Max, which I got to say, like, we don't get HBO Max here, but HBO is considered the premium, like, 
TV station, whatever you want to call it, right? HBO Max, sort of the other online-only version of that, kind of felt like it was a sure thing, kind of felt Mm. like it shouldn't have problems succeeding. But now with this merger, it's just at the whim of financial decisions made by higher-ups who don't give a shit about any of the art that's being produced. Um, Yeah, it's kind of fucked. This is why physical media will always be important, and this is why why piracy will always have... Piracy will always yes. have a place because we can't trust our art to be owned by these giant corporations that don't care about the things that they own. I don't- Paul's sitting in front of his giant wall of Blu-rays. Yeah. Going, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> He's a living archive. But seriously, like films that I truly care about, even ones that I have immediate access to online, such as I've praised Turning Red multiple times, both on this podcast and on yours, Paul. Mm-hmm. Um Chances of me putting that Blu-ray disc into my PS5 or my Xbox and actually watching it a slim, but I'm glad I've got it. Because, I yeah. A, it supports the crayers directly and fucking Pixar needed that after the fact they didn't get a stu- uh, uh, cinema release mm. for turning red. But also it's there and I've got it if I, for some reason, it ever just disappears. It's put in fucking Disney's vault or whatever happens, right? Same with everything all, everywhere all at once. I've got that on Blu-ray because I need... To have a copy of it. Yes, you need to borrow that, by the way, Liam, because I can't believe you haven't seen that movie yet. <laughs> yeah, me either. On on a side note, um, Turning Red, because uh, I just did a trip to Disney World. Yes. Turning Red uh, in the shops has a giant presence. So, obviously, Good. they've got a market for it. There is so much merchandise for that film. So um, Very glad to hear that. I, I think, they, think Pixar's making their coin on there somehow. I hope so. Um, okay, that was the major stuff around HBO Max. Let's talk about uh, just a one uh, announcement that was made pretty recently, or at least a report on this. Among a million things announced by Marvel Studios at San Diego Comic-Con, uh, this is a month or so back now, it's been confirmed that Charlie Cox and Vincent D'Onofrio will return as Daredevil and Kingpin for a new MCU show, Daredevil Born Again. Obviously, Charlie Cox and Vincent D'Onofrio played those characters originally um, on the Netflix Daredevil series, um, which lasted for three seasons, and then The Defenders. Um, then sort of they went under. We didn't know if they were going to be connected to the MCU proper ever again. But then um, Charlie Cox appeared, spoilers, for Spider-Man No Way Home, well, uh, um, that's a bad way of saying that. Charlie Cox appeared, spoilers for this next movie. Appeared <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> briefly in Spider-Man No Way Home. And then, spoilers for Hawkeye, Vincent D'Onofrio appeared in that as Kingpin again. Uh, and is going to also appear in something else, but I'm in, not going to spoil what it is. Uh, he's already been announced to be in Echo. Um, but and something yeah. else. And something else. Yeah, Ooh, She-Hulk. I, oh, she. Oh, Vin, oh, Charlie Cox is yes. Charlie Cox, yes. Yes, uh, not Vincent Nofrio. Sorry, yes. Charlie Cox has been. Sorry, sorry spoiler con- alert, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> in the trailers uh, a while back, now he was going to be in that too. Uh, so this follows the majority of Netflix Marvel shows being added to Disney Plus, except for the Iron Fist, I think, which makes perfect sense. Absolutely. Um, and then we also know, oh, yeah, this uh, Daredevil Born Again show, which is based on a comic book run as well, is slated for a spring 2024 release on Disney Plus and will consist of 18 episodes, which is mm. curious too, because I don't think any Disney Plus show has really gone for that many episodes yet. It's not had a long run. They've normally pe- peaked at about eight or nine episodes. Uh, and on top of that, Charlie Cox is also going to be voicing Daredevil in the upcoming animated Spider-Man Freshman Year series, which is sort of like the prequel series 
to Toby, no, not Toby, um, Tom Holland's uh, Spider-Man that we know from the MCU. It's it's funny that Charlie Cox is being uh, hired to do a voiceover version of Daredevil because I remember when he was first cast in the role and when the show first came out, a lot of people were criticizing that his voice was very generic uh, English person trying to be American rather than sure. an actual New Yorker. And now, you know, he's, he's just being paid just to voice it, um, which is funny. But are, um, you looking, are you looking forward to more Daredevil? I didn't watch the last season of the Netflix show. Did I. But I, I, did like, I did like Charlie Cox as Daredevil and I liked the show, but I felt, I, I think the show wasn't as strong as what it deserved to be. So maybe like a, better produced net uh disney plus version might be what what we need i don't know but 18 episodes like oh so many yeah there's a lot i'm interested amazing in that, be. that you have that reaction to things now we have that reaction to things now it's like 18 episodes oh so many remember back in the old days it was like why is there not 24 episodes in this season of this show that i want to watch <laughs> are you looking forward to more daredevil Lamb? yeah i am i mean i've I, yeah, I also never finished it, and I never watched the Defenders. You didn't um, miss anything. Yeah, but like I enjoyed the first two seasons of that. Mm-hmm. I really did, and also the first season of a couple of the other shows. Um, but but yeah, and, and I like what he's doing. What you know that that brief cameo he had in um, Spider-Man, no in Spider-Man No Way Home. Spoilers for Spider-Man No Way Home, um, <laughs> and. And also Vince Nuffio in um, in Hawkeye. Spoilers for Hawkeye. Um, so <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm excited that I'm glad because yeah, he is a great Daredevil. He is a great. What's his name? What's the character's name? Uh, Matt Murdock. Matt Murdock. Sorry, he's a great <laughs> Matt Murdock. Cut that bit out. Uh, a great Matt Murdock. <laughs> I know you're shaking your head. Um, yeah, and I really. I think he's. I think he's a great version of that character. Um, so yeah, I'm ex- I'm excited for him that he's getting recognized for that. And they're not just sweeping it under the rug. Like they definitely could have done, which we all thought they were going to do. Uh, uh, the real question is how long until there is a multiverse crossover with Ben Affleck's Daredevil? That's Never. what I want to know. <laughs> Never. <laughs> um, in casting news, set photos, uh, set promo photos, sorry, for Sex Education Season 4 show Dan Levy joining the cast. Uh, and it appears that... Tanya Reynolds, who played Lily, and Patricia Allison, who played Ola, won't be returned to the show. Alongside Simone Ashley, who played Olivia, who is also out um, since they've broken out uh, on Bridgerton. And also uh, Rakeh Thakra, I believe her name is, who played English teacher Emily Sands. There's been a mass exodus of actors from Sex Education Season 4, but also we get Dan Levy out of it. So Yeah, I think that's it. It's going to be out of for Dan Levy. His uh, hot property. Yeah, I'm pretty confident, like, in that show's ability to make us love any character they put in front of us. So, like, as it's sad to lose some people, but I, I trust the show at this point that it's still going to be great. Also, I- we, I think we all agreed that Ola and Lily's sort of um, storyline in the latest season was sort of probably the most underwhelming of the season three. So it's, I mean, I don't think it's going to be completely missed, but... I could have done with more Lily. I like Lily as a character. Ola, I think, was never a character that particularly interested me that much. Um, Miss Sands, I'm going to miss a bit. I like Miss Sands. 
Hmm. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, you can breathe a sigh of relief because David Crumholtz is officially returning as Bernard, Scott Calvin's chief elf for Disney Plus's The Santa Claus's TV series. <laughs> took until the, the very last <laughs> bit of that sentence for me to understand. I, what wrote, you're I wrote that sentence in a very specific yeah, way. Burying the lead there, mate. <laughs> Spoilers uh, first, The Santa Claus 2 and 3 is not in it. So. He's not in, no, he was in 2. He was oh, okay, in 3. Sorry, sorry, I retract my spoiler uh. alert. Are we looking forward to the Santa Clauses? There was a teaser which uh, had Peyton Manning um, auditioning for the role of Santa Claus in it. I've only ever seen the first one. I I know that Hilary Duff's on the soundtrack for the third one. That's all I really know. (laughs) Okay, I I recently rewatched all of them. Um, They get worse as they go. How recently? Uh, In the last year. Like over December. Um, I think it must have been over December. You hope so. Um, <laughs> it's like, yeah, last week, fucking middle of September. <laughs> hey, they're timeless. Um, no, they've been specifically timed for a very specific time of year. For those interested, go uh, to my my Twitter where I make a pitch for the fourth film, which now has been turned to a show. So my here's my here's my prediction for this show. Okay. His son will end up being uh, Superman. What? His son will end up being <laughs> that would be a twist. Santa. <laughs> yeah, what a twist. His son will end up being Santa. And it should have been played by Joseph Gordon-Levitt. But anyway, I'll take it back. Yeah, it's fine. Sure. <laughs> yeah, see here, that it does seem like the pitch of this show is, yes, he's retiring as looking for a replacement Santa Clauses. Uh, as the title, I didn't realize that until now, until I wrote it down last night. That's the, It's called Santa Clauses. So Ooh, it's multiple. Yeah. Uh, that show is premiering November sixteenth. So you can look forward to watching it then, Liam. I think that's Long in shy. reference. That's in reference to him and Mrs. Claus. The Claus. Oh, so I'm much sure. Because it, the trailer opens up from behind her head, so it's it's. Uh, but that doesn't make any sense because the the way it's written, Claus is in reference to the contract. Correct. That yes, is given but to it's him. Also, a so yeah. so there'll be yeah, claw, so multiple clauses for multiple Santas. Yeah, but if he's if it's in reference to him and his wife, why yeah. is she? Why does she have a clause? It's also not called because, the clauses. Because, it's called the Santa clauses. She because is not- the whole second film is about him finding a wife. Because he if he doesn't find a wife, he doesn't get to be Santa anymore. No, it, it's it's not the Santa clauses. She has a clause. Yeah, but that would be <laughs> she's Mrs. Claus, not Mrs. Santa Claus. So the Santa clauses is Santa clauses, multiple Santas. Also. Martin Short is incredible <laughs> as Jack, Jack Frost, Frost in the third film. Great. Absolute standout of that film. <laughs> Apparently, the highlight of the Emmys today was the uh, the little bit that was done with uh, Martin Short, um, Steve Martin, and Selena Gomez. They did a little oh, set introducing. Absolutely. A YouTuber. As soon Everyone as was saying, you. it's like, if they're not hosting the Emmys next year, what are we even doing here? Yeah. Uh, all right, next up on the list, RuPaul's Drag Race winner Shea Coulee has been cast in Marvel's upcoming Ironheart series. Speculation is that Coulee will be playing Shade, a drag queen superhero who she apparently inspired. Uh, does that excite you at all, Paul? Yeah, I mean, she's great in the show, and uh, I'd be interested to see what they do with her. Um, I mean, at this point, there's so much fucking Marvel content, everyone's going to be in it, so... Um, I'm going to be in the next Marvel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also, John Corbet or Corbett is officially set to be reprising his role as Carrie's other guy, Aiden Shaw, in and just like that, season two. 
Yeah. You're excited about this, Paul. Is that the one that she, she meets up with in Sex and the City 2? Yes. 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 Yeah, okay. and they kiss. I can't um, believe I watched that film. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't... I'm not really excited about it, but I mean, you know... It is what this, it is. This podcast is not doing me any good for like having to, like, yeah, I recently watched all of the Santa Claus films, watched Sex in the City 2. <laughs> I have great taste. <laughs> what am I doing on this show? Uh, in cancellation news, as we mentioned in the opening of last week's A League of Their Own Season 1 review, Amazon's Paper Girls series, based on the comic by Cliff Chiang and Brian K. Vaughan, has been cancelled after one season it's the sort of the news is it's being shopped around to other networks but they say that all the time and it never really pans out so Brian K. Vaughan cannot catch a break no he can't get past <laughs> one season I think the dome was, which he show run might have got more than one season there was but more than one season of runaways there, not that I watched that's it. true there was a couple of seasons of runaways and I stopped watching episode two because it was focused way too much on the parents it was very fucking weird um do anyone watch paper girls no. Damask did. Had, <laughs> this makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Damask did have a very good time with that. To be fair, though, while I was aware of the show, I knew it was coming. I even saw a trailer. I wasn't aware when it arrived. It's sort of been buried, probably because Amazon was doing promoting Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power so heavily. And rightly so. They need to because they've spent yeah. a fucking fortune on it. Mm-hmm. But it sucks when there is not room given for these sorts of shows and then they just sort of appear and disappear. And, like, it's one thing for things to be deleted off HBO Max. It's another thing for them, like, to feel like the show never existed because it just didn't get time to have any cultural awareness whatsoever. No one was aware it existed. So, everyone that I know who's watched it, including listeners of the show, uh, said it was great. I'm planning to watch it and we might review it still. We'll see. Because it'd be nice to celebrate a good show like that if it's not going to get a second season. Um, But uh, everyone's saying check it out. So, Paper Girls on Amazon Prime Video. Talking about about the the Rings of Power advertising and how much there is. Yes. It's got even to the point of if I open up an Adobe program now, the splash page is an image from the Rings of Power. Seriously. Made in, so it's like, oh, here's like a illustrator version of Galadriel. Here is a photoshopped version of the two uh, two dwarves. Yeah, like that's how much it's like, oh, the artwork, the concept art was done in Adobe programs or whatever. Oh. And it's like, it's all from that. So Does Amazon that's how own Adobe? No. Oh, interesting. That's just a sure cross-promotion thing. That's interesting. I know uh, when I was in um, the US, like, all the buses were covered with with uh, Rings of Power and all the billboards. Yeah, and- same, in, same in Melbourne. Yeah. We were talking about it in the car the other day. Like, oh, there's a, there's a billboard. <laughs> if you order something from Amazon Prime, it arrives and the sticky tape, like the tape to seal the box has got... The Rings of Power stuff on it. Uh, in less sad news, Netflix's ill-conceived Resident Evil series has been cancelled almost <laughs> as quickly as it arrived. Um, anyone I know who gives a shit about Resident Evil gave that a try and said it was bad. So It looked terrible. It did. The trailer... The, it was one of those shows where... I haven't watched it, so I can't speak to it directly, but the trailer made me go, what the fuck are they doing? Like, it shouldn't be this hard to make a Resident Evil show and just be somewhat faithful to the source material. It was real weird swerve they took with that show and I don't know what they were thinking. I saw one scene from it on YouTube and there was like a musical or something and I'm like, what the hell is going on? They should like, have led with that. That's interesting. There's, there's a character singing to somebody and like or lip syncing to somebody in an office somewhere. It just didn't 
I'm like, this is Resident Evil? (laughs) (laughs) CW's The Flash is set to end with its upcoming ninth season. Uh, Any of you guys fans of The Flash? No. No. I'm not a fan of any of those CW um, DC shows at all. Fair enough. I guess that's why it's been cancelled after nine seasons. (laughs) Yeah, because of me. Because uh, <laughs> clearly nine seasons was enough, right? Um, those shows, I, I have an opinion on those shows where I think they went, where DC, I think, went two very different ways to like, they did the opposite of what Marvel did in what I'm talking about, like early days, where Marvel was being a little bit more fun with their with their films and, and you know, having, you know, a little bit more lighthearted and then their shows, like your Netflix stuff was a lot more green grimy and dirty and stuff and then dc did the opposite and it just felt wrong to me it's like you have way more time in a tv show to develop characters and do that more gritty stuff whereas someone's going to see a movie you want it to be something that they can enjoy the whole way through and i think that's what the dc were getting wrong with that stuff and it didn't it did and also just felt cheap all the cw stuff to me trying to watch that i couldn't watch the arrow or anything like that i was like oh it just looked cheap anyone else I agree. Like they never appealed to <laughs> me. Like, thank God, because you guys were silent. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of the same like production team behind like the Riverdale and all yeah. that stuff. They work on all the oh, DC that makes stuff. So a lot of sense. Yeah. And what is essentially cancellation without ever stating it, uh, or actually starting production? The Buffy the Vampire Slayer reboot is officially quote unquote on pause um which considering it was announced in 2017 and basically ever since then i think it was 2017 well it was announced a while ago anyway and joss whedon uh his star has been falling faster and faster and further and further since was he Um, involved he was going to be an executive producer on it yes he wasn't going to show run it um there was a few things that were interesting about it that were going to cast uh, a person of color as this new buffy um i think a uh, african-american woman i'm not sure if they ever got to the casting stage but that was the plan um and it's never got any further than that i was curious on it the idea of like rebooting buffy and modernizing it could be cool but also maybe really ill-conceived trying to sounds you know, like catch they, lightning in a bottle twice sounds like when they rebooted charmed Yes. Yeah, it felt that feels very similar. Only I think Buffy has a bigger choices. cultural footprint than Charmed. Um and would have got a few other more eyes on it, we'll say, than Charmed probably did. Paul, you got sure. look at you about to say something. Uh no. Okay. <laughs> were they gonna let her fuck or were they gonna go Lisa McGuire on it? <laughs> <laughs> they they let Buffy fuck. What are you talking about? Oh I know. Yeah. I'm just joking. It's a joke. <laughs> Uh, In release date news, The Handmaid's Tale Season 5 will premiere on Hulu on September 14th. That's tomorrow at the time of recording. Isn't that already currently happening in America? Isn't that just the news? Pardon? Isn't that that just what America is right now? Is this The Handmaid's Tale? (laughs) Sorry. Oh, I see what you're saying. Sorry, sorry, sorry. As far as Season 5, it's the most immersive season of television. Just look out your window. (laughs) As far as I can tell, the news is all just that. Uh, Queen Elizabeth died because that's all the news has been for the last several days here in Australia. Literally, Spoilers for the crown. That's-, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's it. <laughs> no more of those spoiler jokes because that is, you did it. You nailed it, Paul. <laughs> Speaking of the crown, very briefly, I didn't actually have this in my official notes, but the crown season five is set to release uh, sometime uh, this year. I think November it's meant to be coming out. 
uh, season six is in production. They've apparently halted production right now to absorb the news of Queen Elizabeth's and respect death. Respect, and respect. Death. So it's it's a whole bunch of people in a writer's room pulling out all their scripts that they wrote for when the Queen dies. I don't think that's true. I think it will. It might redefine how they finish the show, though. It's like, do you do an additional episode to get to that moment and like see Charles getting crowned or whatever? Um, I would not be surprised if this now does define how the show ends. It starts with her dad dying and her getting the news that she's now the queen. It'll end with the, the queen has returned to her home planet. <laughs> <laughs> so the um, next year, the Emmys, when uh, the hair and makeup crew get an, an Emmy for the work they did on the prosthetics of Prince Charles's hands. Oh, sure. It's going to be incredible. Like, yeah, have you seen those? Real- shown to us by a friend of ours. He's got like Where do you think hands. I was going with that? I don't know. <laughs> the corpse of the dead monarch? I'm Jeez. not sure what you were going Jeez, with that. Jeez, That was broad, everybody. That's his, <laughs> his pitch for season That was my six. pitch. That was my judgment of you. That's what that was. <laughs> uh, going back to The Handmaid's Tale for a second, it's also been announced that season six will be the last of The Handmaid's Tale. It won't be the last of The Handmaid's Tale universe on TV. They're apparently going to adapt the sequel book, uh, Margaret Atwood's sequel book, The Testaments, into a television show as well, um, which is set 15 years after The Handmaid's Tale, I believe, in the book series. Um, But that's coming eventually as well. But season six will be the last of The Handmaid's Tale. Uh, The next Star Wars series, Andor, will have a three-episode premiere on Disney Plus on September 21st. Are you guys excited all for Andor? Is Disney Plus just like ramping up to just releasing every episode of every show at once, like doing the Netflix thing rather than doing it <laughs> week by week. So every time they release a new thing, oh, here's two episodes of it. Now they're doing three episodes of it? It's Sorry. usually it's usually a bad sign. It usually means that the good stuff doesn't start happening until the last bit of the third episode. is like, oh, yeah. fuck. I agree. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, the trailer looked cool. Like the mm. visual style of it looked cool. And This is the thing, know. though. Disney trailers always look good. It's never a question of like, can you pique my interest? It's can you sustain my interest once the show mm. arrives? Because that's the thing they're struggling to do at the moment. They can get me, they can get my first look, but can they keep me around for the entire thing? Star yeah. Wars in general as well is yeah. just. That being said, Mandalorian season between. three looks good. <laughs> yeah, it looks great. But like, I mean, Mandalorian is an outlier in yeah. terms of good Star Wars con- uh, uh, content. Like, mm. I've said this before, but like, there's like, Two good, three good Star Wars films. I think um, Four, Star uh, Wars fatigue is definitely like. I mean, I, I heard there's a rumor floating around they were going to open um, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge in Paris Disney, um, and apparently um, it's probably getting cancelled and getting replaced by something else. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Um, AMC's series Anne Rice's Interview with a Vampire, that's the title, arrives October 2nd. Uh, are you guys fans of the book, the film? Are you looking forward to this TV series at all? Movie's good. Um, <laughs> I never read the book. Hot take. The movie's good. <laughs> actually, good even hotter take, I actually have a real soft spot for the other Anne Rice adaptation, Queen of the Damned. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you ever watched that one where the movie with uh, what was the actress in it that uh, passed Aaliyah. away? Aaliyah, that's yeah. right. And the and the soundtrack by Corn. Mm, that's right. Yeah, yeah. that's Look. very. Is that nineties or early two thousands? Must be yeah, early two thousands. Early, I think it was two thousand two. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Very. So you time. recommend it, Paul? 
Yeah, I mean, if you... Right, I'm not watching uh, it. <laughs> oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> HBO's surprise hit The White Lotus will also return for season two at an unspecified date in October, but coming up real, real soon. And considering, unless that... You know what? Considering how well The White Lotus did at the Emmys today, it's possible that the news might have dropped today and I missed it. Um, but last I checked, October sometime is when that show's coming out. So I look forward to that. Are you guys looking forward to White Lotus season two? Absolutely. Yeah. Can't wait. Yeah. Um, the cast looks excellent. Mm. Hopefully it can live up to it. That's, this is always the question. Season twos, especially for an anthology show, it's like, can you possibly live up to the original? We'll see. It wasn't Ap- lightning in a bottle. Exactly. Apple, and also the timing of the White Lotus season one, I think probably played a bit of a role as well. It just mm. sort of dropped at the exact right time. There wasn't a lot of original programming coming out. It sort of somehow made to... to be formed during lockdowns across the world and ended up being great. Like, it was a bit going but, for it um, there. Mike White's last HBO show, Enlightened, got better. Like, was started off very strong in season one and got even better in season two. So, since he's still involved, I have total faith in it. Very cool. Uh, Apple TV Plus comedy Mythic Quest is returning for its third season. It's already been confirmed to be getting a fourth as well. But the third season is coming this fall, a.k.a. between now and December. A lot of vague dates here. Uh, Netflix new comedy uh, set in the last Blockbuster video store, creatively titled Blockbuster, will premiere November 3rd with a 10-episode first season. You guys looking forward to Blockbuster? No. I why wouldn't you be? It looks really good. Who's in it? Um, oh, what's her name? Amy from um no, Brooklyn Nine Nine. And yep. Tyler Alvarez from um American Vandal. And- oh okay. I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah. Um and like I used to work in a video store, I used to manage video store. This is my life made into a TV show. I have so much nostalgia for for video stores, so what like, I'm interested to see is how accurately it able is able to represent that for you. Yeah, because if it's off yeah. the mark, I need you to you got. I need your critique on this one, Paul. I is definitely it, it, will be able to give that to you. Is <laughs> it set in like it's the last one standing? Yes, is it is the last blockbuster. Right, so it's not like a a '90s, early 2000s, Pen 15 type show. It's it's set now. Not now, now. The last blockbuster has been, I think, gone for a while. But um, No, it's been gone for like two years. That's a while. It, <laughs> it's uh, it's like, yeah, 2010s, I guess. Yeah. A little, a little s- slight skip back, I think. Uh, the Disney Plus Willow series announced its premiere date of November 30th with a new trailer. Uh, have you guys checked this out at all? Are you at all excited for Willow? I think the last time I asked you this, you both said no. Yeah, I haven't watched it. The first. I haven't watched the original film. Well, yeah. My partner, Steph, likes the movie, so I'm looking forward to the TV show. <laughs> In renewal news, FX's The Bear has been renewed for a second season. Has anyone watched The Bear? No, it's, no, it's dropped on Disney, Disney Plus now, so I yeah, have to give it a go. I've yeah. heard a lot of my hospitality mates are like, it is the most accurate representation of work in hospitality I've ever seen on TV. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I literally just so just before we started life. recording, I had <laughs> I just before we started recording, I had someone 
uh, message me saying, have you watched The Bear yet? Just finished it. It's amazing. So Okay, cool. Looking yeah. forward to watching yeah, season it's, one. It's my blockbuster. Season so two. I can't wait to watch <laughs> Sure. It's your blockbuster. Very good. When's the chiropractic comedy? Oh, wait. They already did that. That was Two and a Half Men. Even <laughs> though we still can't watch Harley Quinn in Australia for some fucking reason. HBO Max, man. <sighs> season three. It may never come. <laughs> season three is apparently so good that it's officially getting a fourth season that we won't be able to see. So looking forward to that. <laughs> Surprising no one, Hulu wants only murders in the building back for a third season, considering it ends on a cliffhanger. Again, yeah. no surprise. And it's been a, mm-hmm. a big hit for them. Um, but that's definitely coming now officially. Apple- um, I have a question. Yes. Are you going to do a, an episode for that, for season two, but on Hunty Seasons? Um, no. Probably we can, not. We can just release like a conversation between you and me about it if you like. We can talk about it tonight if you like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I okay. don't think. There was... Listen, it's partially on the docket, but I'm happy to have at least a preliminary conversation now. I don't yeah. think we're going to get to that. I've also seen it also. Yeah, okay. We can talk about that when we get to um, what we've been watching. Because actually I did ask Damask and she was like, it's a nice show to watch, but I don't think I've got a lot to say about it. So, yeah. So, we can talk about that later. Let's do that. Yeah, let's do that. That's then. a promise now, listeners. Look forward to spoiler that. Spoiler for hunting season. <laughs> oh, yeah. I thought you said we were done with the spoilers. I thought you said <laughs> I know, we no, peaked no. with the crown one. <laughs> Apple has renewed Roseburn-led physical for a third season. And for all mankind, for a fourth. Have either of you guys watched either of those shows? No. No, neither have I. This is some good content tonight, guys. <laughs> you guys watch it? No. I no. will say um, for all mankind uh, does uh, feature the actor Charlie Slatter, who I interviewed <laughs> for my podcast. Yes. So, um, if you're a for all mankind fan, come and listen to the episode of the the Swapcast podcast. That was a good episode. Shameless too. plug. Hmm. Uh, I uh, for all mankind is the sh- one of the of many Apple shows actually I think about that I've been meaning to get to. Um, physical less so. Uh, I don't know. Not hearing enough buzz or intrigue on that one to really get me excited to watch that one. Even though I love Rose Byrne. Uh, meanwhile, Larry David is getting a twelfth season of Curb Your Enthusiasm on HBO. Any Curb fans here? Uh, oh. that's, <laughs> that's a big blind spot for me I only ever watched episodes here or there but yes, sure. I, like, I, I know so many people that watch every episode multiple times but Do you I say feel you're like a it's fan? a show I'd probably enjoy I think sure. it's a show I'd probably enjoy but I've never I've I've watched here here and there if it's, it feels like a like a yeah blind spot for me in the same way like Veep is because the yeah, I've, Veep's only a show I've ever watched only episodes I've ever watched of Veep I've been on an airplane going somewhere and I've watched like a whole season of it and I've loved it but then I've never gone back to watch it again in real life. Uh, so a Curb's a little bit like that for me. In other news, Chris Rock has told an audience in Phoenix, Arizona, that since the notorious Will Smith Oscar slap, he's been asked to host the next Academy Awards, but has declined as it would be like, quote, returning to the scene of the crime. Um, <laughs> we predicted... Uh, a few people did that he would be hosting the Oscars next year because that's the po- most cynical thing that could possibly happen. <laughs> so, of course, the Academy gave it a go. Um, good on Chris Rock for saying no. Uh, yeah. Actually, surprised me a little bit they did that. Any thoughts I'm on sad, that? I'm sad, though, because I really enjoyed the season. Uh, the, sorry, the uh, the year that he hosted. They hosted. I, it was, sure. I don't know where yeah. you were going with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoyed it when he got slapped. That was... <laughs> Best Oscars uh, ever. The dream of a community movie remains alive. <gasps> In a recent interview with The Rap, director Dan Harmon is quoted as saying, 
Legitimacy is here. Conversations and agreements are happening. There's a story. Who knows if we'll end up sticking to it, but it was something we had to complete in order to take it out and court various venues, and now negotiations are happening. A week earlier, Alison Bree on the Unwrapped podcast also said, there's been movement. There's been some talks. People are talking and certain things, wheels are turning. Um, now, that's obviously vague as fuck and could still be 10 years away from this thing happening. But it's the most um, certain, I guess, that Dan Harmon has been that this thing is going to take place. And I'm when he is at the point now, and I think he's got enough ca- cachet at the moment um, mm-hmm. to get this sort of thing done. Uh, the community sort of had a big... Um, I wouldn't say, you know, it, 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 it regained some popularity uh, during COVID, people watching it again. Um, I think this is now an inevitability rather than a maybe, which is pretty damn exciting. It Do we think it's 100% going to be a straight to streaming movie? It's not going to come Oh, yeah, yeah it won't be at the cinemas, no. Um, does that feel like a little bit of a letdown in terms of the whole six seasons of the movie no, thing? No. And it just comes straight to streaming? Like, no, it's a movie. I understand that, but it's like, then it's just a long episode. Not if you, I, it, depends, it depends how it's made. If it's made f- with a cinematic mindset. If then, it looks like a movie? Yes. Yeah, that's yes. going to be cool. If it, looks like, if it looks like the show but goes for an hour and a half, that would suck. But if it looks like a movie, then it will be worth it. I feel like they could go the Kevin Smith route and do like a fan um, funded cinema release where, you know, they tour with the film or something. I I could see people coming out for that. Um, There is a way for this to be released in cinemas because the fans, it does have a similar fan base to something like Kevin Smith's fan base. Look, if Clerks 3 can get a cinema release, then I think a community movie can definitely get a cinema I, release. I just don't think I don't think it needs to release like, yeah. at cinemas anymore. The way that we consume movies is different. Prey, which we'll talk about uh, later on the podcast. Absolutely should have got a cinema release. Should have got a cinema release, but doesn't mean it wasn't successful and doesn't mean it wasn't a movie just because it was released on Hulu or Disney Plus here in Australia. Are we literally writing the script to the community movie right now? Because you know this is going to be a conversation between Arbed and somebody. <laughs> about whether it's going to be a cinema about release or it's streaming. Like, yeah, exactly, yeah. There will, be, there, will definitely be, there will definitely be a line about it being just straight to streaming. Yeah, yeah like, you're 100%. Fine, fine. It doesn't yeah. need to be. Um, yeah. I'm really interested to see what they do with it. Like, it, it has to be the right story. It's kind of fun when a TV show gets a cinematic release for their movie. Like, I enjoyed going to... Like, it wasn't an amazing film, but I enjoyed going to see the uh, Bob's Burgers film in cinemas. Oh, did you see the same with The Simpsons? Yeah. Same yeah. with The Simpsons. Simpsons, like, But The yeah. Simpsons, in terms of its popularity, is way above community. And sure. let's be honest, above Bob's Burgers, as much as Bob's Burgers is way better product these days. And Bob's Burgers did okay. It still made like, you know, 70 million or something. Did it really make that much? So, yeah. So, you know, it's, it that's wasn't actually, like it was a flop. I didn't realize yeah. it made that much money. That's pretty impressive, actually. Do you I did watch it on Disney Plus and it was very good. Do you think it's integral to get um, Donald Glover back? Yes. Yes. If you don't get Donald Glover back, don't even bother trying, I don't yeah, think. I completely agree with you. Um, but I, I think the thing was, ever since they did that reunion, that was well and truly established that was going to be the case. Yeah. Uh, Chevy won't come back, though, will he? Well, no, he's well, dead. Well, the character's sure. dead, Spoilers so let's fucking hope not. Yeah, but, you, you know, that doesn't mean they couldn't bring him back if they wanted to. 
Um, another news item that actually was on the docket somehow, um, but while we're talking about TV shows getting movies, a while back now, I got very excited because Avatar The Last Airbender um, was going to get movie treatments, theatrical animated movies. Originally, the creators had moved on from Legend of Korra. We're going to be making the Netflix live action series. They left that, went back to Nickelodeon and formed Avatar Studios, which is making new original animated content. We knew there were three movies in production. We didn't know what they were going to be about. But at San Diego (gasps) Comic-Con, it was finally announced that the first of those movies will be about Avatar Aang and the Aang gang in between, uh, in the years or in a period after the animated series ends, but obviously before The Legend of Korra. We don't know anything more than that, but there was speculation there was going to be a movie that was focused on Zuko. There was speculation there was going to be one on Avatar Kyoshi. This means nothing to anyone who hasn't watched the series. <laughs> but, um, fuck, I'm excited. They yeah. actually released uh, Avatar The Last Airbender movie about Aang and Sokka and Katara and Toph and Zuko. I'm so in. Fuck, If, if Nickelodeon play their cards right, they have their Star Wars. They yeah. have their franchise that will be, like, a guaranteed moneymaker. I think there's a, there's an appetite. People love this series. Mm-hmm. I think there's an appetite for 2D animation back on the big screen. Totally. Mm-hmm. Um, like, this has a potential to be huge. I really hope it, it, it is. Um. I think also fantasy is back in a big way. It's a very different sort of fantasy as well, but um, I think there's a little bit of like, we've done a lot of sci-fi in recent times, um, dystopian, dark sci-fi. I think we're sort of entering, uh, or maybe in the middle of, a bit of a high fantasy kind of movement at the moment. There's some being the Rings of Power, obviously, um, different sort of show, but the House of the Dragon. I think this might hit at the right time too. Um, so I hope you're right, Paul. I hope you're really right. Um, the Emmys were on me hours ago. I haven't had a chance to really absorb the news that much, but I did see some highlights here and there. Paul, you're our resident awards guy. You always bring this stuff. Tell me yeah. what happened at the Emmys. Um, well, I didn't actually watch the ceremony to be fair, but, um, <gasps> I think there's some, uh, you had one job, Paul. <laughs> Some pretty solid. Aside uh, from your actual job that you were probably yeah, doing, which yeah. is why you didn't watch it live. Um, but yeah, there, there's some uh, pretty solid winners here. Uh, so best comedy was Ted Lasso. Hey which, man, uh, good. I think we can Very all good agree. Season. What 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 do we Ted know? Lasso. What was up against it? Like, does that feel right to you? Did, were there snubs in there that were missing out? So it was up against Abbott Elementary, mm-hmm. Barry, Curb Your Enthusiasm, Hacks. Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Only Murders in the Building, and What We Do in the Shadows. That's a lot of nominees. And a lot of yeah. good ones, let's be honest. There's some great great TV in there. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Ted Lasso is a great choice. Yeah. Uh, for me, it would either be that, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Yeah. Between... Oh, and Hacks. Oh, it's such a hard choice. Go through the list again for me very quickly. Just Abbott Elementary. Yeah. Barry. Barry. Uh, That's not got- not for me. Uh, <laughs> cur- curb your enthusiasm. I'm with you, Paul. I'm with you. <laughs> curb your enthusiasm. Hacks. Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Only murders in the building and yep. what we do in the shadows. Yeah, there's great stuff in there. I yeah. think Ted Lasso. Out of the seasons of the things that I've watched on that list, I think mm-hmm. Ted Lasso is right to sure. have won. Yeah, I mean, what we do in the shadows just gets better year to year. Uh, I really loved that last season. So, yeah. Um, Outstanding drama series, 
the nominees were Yellow Jackets, Stranger Things, Squid Game, Severance, Ozark, Euphoria, Better Call Saul, and the winner, Succession. Yeah. Yeah. Correct answer. Can Jeez, I ask Severance, I mean, Severance definitely could have had a crack at that one. But yeah. uh, Can I ask a question here? This, right. There haven't been Emmys in two years, right? Is it the same thing as the Oscars? Yeah. Where- yeah, so we were these shows like Squid Game came out what end of twenty twenty or the start of twenty twenty one. Yeah, so it's uh, like the, these things that the last couple of years, as opposed to like it just feels like Squid Game's on that list. But I feel like I watched that two years ago. It always feels like oh, where the cutoff date is 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 yeah, like often a little earlier than we think as well. Um, yeah, it's like the middle of last year to then the middle of this year. Yeah, yeah, it's a pretty big. It's further back than you think. Let's put it that way. Yeah, but yes, okay. um, I like yeah, definitely. I could you could have easily given that Severance or oh Euphoria as well is phenomenal. So, but Succession yes. is just Succession on was, level. Absolutely, Brian. Have you yeah. watched Euphoria yet? No, I haven't. Oh. Uh, it's so good. <laughs> um, Sorry, so I'm he- watching a season of television every week. <laughs> yeah, I mean, why? Why is that one of those euphoria? <laughs> like, this is some groundbreaking television. Anyway. Um, outstanding limited or anthology series: um, The White Lotus, one mm-hmm. against Dope Sick, Dropout, Inventing Anna, and Pam and Tommy. I've only right. watched Pam and Tommy and White Lotus, um, but I'm gonna say White Lotus. I'm gonna say the White Lotus deserves it. <laughs> yeah. Um, shockingly, RuPaul's Drag Race did not win outstanding competition program. Whoa, uh, yeah, that's Lizzo- like. The- First Lizzo's time in a while. Watch out for the big girls one, it's which right. I've never watched. Neither but, have I. Um, Don't worry, RuPaul will win next week, specifically for All Stars Seven, because that <laughs> uh, was great. Yeah. Well, uh, RuPaul won, like I think, best host and a whole okay. bunch. I think they won like ten awards at the technical Emmys last sure. week. So it won't be for uh, Amazon Down Under the technical Emmys. Let me tell you. <laughs> um, yeah right <laughs> totally <laughs> so I won't go through all the nominees but uh, lead actor Jason Sudeikis won for Ted in a Lasso comedy. In, a, in a comedy yep, yep. Um, I would have personally given it to Steve Martin but uh, outstanding mm. lead actress Jean Smart for Hacks yep great That's, is that both of them two years in a row I think so yeah I think so yeah um, Zendaya won for Euphoria also for best two years actress in, a row. in a drama and she like there's well one deserved. episode of this season where like you watch it you're like there's no way anyone else could win mm-hmm. um, <laughs> no, I know that's, the, that's that episode yeah, yeah I know what you're talking about <laughs> my god uh, <laughs> my god Rod, hist- why have you not watched Euphoria <laughs> <laughs> A uh, history making win uh, Lee Jung Jae won for Squid Games so yeah like, Foreign, nice. uh, foreign language winner. Uh, Saw Dave Chen's reaction to this because also Squid Game won a couple of awards as well, I think. And yeah, um, just seeing like it's probably it started to happen a little bit more frequently since Parasite won the Oscar as well. But like mm-hmm. just international films, particularly Korean and Asian market films, mm-hmm. getting recognition in Western awards ceremonies is pretty cool. It's good to mm-hmm. see. Um, yeah. That's one thing that streaming is really allowed is like just by, by having more breadth and width of shows, things that you don't expect to catch on and like other things get recognized. It's really great. Yeah. And I mean, I think I, I think he did an amazing job. With oh, that yeah. He, and he's excellent. Oh, 100%. Excellent. Yeah. yeah. 100%. Um, the Keaton sons uh, continues. <laughs> he, uh, Michael Keaton won for Dope Sick for uh, limited uh, anthology series lead actor. Amanda Seyfried for The Dropout, outstanding uh, lead actress in an anthology series. Amanda um, Seyfried's a great actress. 
Outstanding supporting actor in a comedy was Brett Coldstein for Ted Lasso. Yes. Um, another well-deserved win. Love Brett Coldstein. Um, outstanding oh, yeah. supporting Herculean act- effort, yeah. I would say. Yes. Uh, spoilers mm. for... <laughs> <laughs> uh, outstanding supporting actress in a comedy, Cheryl Lee Ralph for Al- Abbott Elementary, which cool. I haven't watched any of this show yet, but I hear good things. So. Is it now oh, on no. Disney Plus, it I believe? Is. Yeah, yes. I feel like this is a show I want to give a watch. The fact that it's got given this, another news that didn't make it in, but it's been renewed for a 22-episode second season, I believe, going from 13 yeah. episodes, which is a real show of confidence for an ABC comedy. They sort of don't do that sort of stuff as much anymore. Yeah. Like the fact that that blockbuster show, it's, I know it's Netflix, but it's only get 10 episodes, even though it's like yeah. traditionally would be about a 20-episode season for that sort of yeah. sitcom. I feel like um, I want to give out elementary a- would be sort of in the same sort of way that Ted Lasso. I was like, I was like, looked at it going really, and then watched it finally and was so surprised by how good it was. I actually saw a great video today on Twitter, just sort of absorbing some of the Emmy news. Someone had collated like they were talking about why it won an I think a writing award, right? And what they did was they took slices of lines from the show and then overlaid them with people's tweets, just retweeting that joke because the joke was so funny for them. And I thought Mm. that was a really good way of pitching, like, the show, but also it's connecting with its audience. And it made me want to watch the show to be a part of that. Does it make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I'm keen to check it out. Uh, Outstanding supporting actor in a drama, Matthew Matthew McFadden in Succession. um, Yes. 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 Matthew McFadden being... um, Tom. Tom. Tom, yeah. Tom, yeah. yeah, thought so. You're really burying the lead here, aren't you, Paul? What's that? Yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah, he's saving yeah. the best to last. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. He knows what he's doing. Matthew uh, McFadden, yeah. Matthew yeah, McFadden yeah. is, a, is, yeah, is well-deserved, though. Yeah. Uh, best character um, in the show. Uh, outstanding supporting actress in a drama, uh, Julia Garner in Ozark, another show I haven't watched. Yep. Um, Nobody, no, I'm not noticing, noticing no better call Saul stuff coming up. I would have thought that would have been. I think that's this year. Yeah, I. Oh uh, no, that, they have they have nominations. They just didn't win. Just not winning. Oh, really. Mm. Uh, and these are the two that I was very excited about. Um, <laughs> outstanding supporting actor in an anthology series, Murray Bartlett. Yes. Uh, for the White Lotus. Yes. Absolutely. Armand was an iconic character oh. and uh, some Aussie pride there. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, so yeah. Very Did I see that he that. was? On he was on RuPaul's Australia Drag Race. Drag yeah, he Race. Just, oh, was he? He just appeared for like a, a minute, did a video I call. Hate and, when they do yeah. that. Just get them in to judge. Fucking hell, he's probably he really busy doing things like in Hollywood. No, it's it's a trend throughout the entire show, Liam. They're like, oh, this week Bindi Owen's going to be on. No, Bindi Owen does a five minute, a one minute video call, and that's the inclusion. Yeah, Rather okay. than having, the I mean, I'm less excited about Bindi Owen. But anyway. <laughs> But yes, uh, Jennifer Coolidge <gasps> won for The White Lotus, Best Ooh, Supporting oh Actress God. in an Anthology Series, uh, an amazing, iconic speech that she yeah. gave, um, but it's I'm so glad she's finally winning awards because she has been the best for so long. There was um, um, uh, a promotional video went out um, for a new Netflix series that's coming out that's got Jennifer Coolidge in it. I think it's called The Watcher from memory. I'll send it to you guys later. I'll put it in the show notes. Is this notes. the, like, real estate? Yes. Oh, yes, I watched that today. Yeah. I was like, what Jennifer, is this? Jennifer Coolidge <laughs> is not the main character, but she's a character in it. It's based on a true story, apparently. But basically, it's just, you, if you've ever seen, like, realtors walk through, like, a really expensive property and talk about, like, its features and so forth, it's Jennifer Coolidge getting to be a realtor doing that. It goes for about four minutes, and it is a joy. 
And it like, is a joy. it'll be paired perfectly with watching her acceptance speech at the Emmys today. Absolutely. And then, if you want to like a nice taster after that, watch <laughs> her performance in Cinderella Story. Oh God! Okay, <laughs> okay. right. She that. is that, she is a fucking right. delight in that movie, and I won't hear anything else. Um, was there any other news that came out of the Emmys, or was that the main stuff? Just those winners? That was all the main awards. Beautiful. Um, yeah, I think like Ted Lasso, Squid Game, and White Lotus all won directing awards, and uh, yeah, it was it's pretty much the same things kept winning the gotcha. awards. It certainly right seemed now. like that. Yeah, it was all our repeats there. Um, a few new people, but a lot of like, oh yeah, um, you know, Succession winning again and etc. Um, obviously, it's good to see, though the people though that are winning the awards aren't do you, you know there there's some really diverse names there in terms of newer True. to the scene. Yeah. And True. also people that should have had the Jennifer Coolidge, obviously. But, like, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, quickly, before we get to what we've been watching, there was a lot of news. There was news, let's say, that came out of D23 in the Disney Plus Day. Um, if you're interested in Marvel and Star Wars and Pixar and Disney stuff, we've talked about a couple of highlights already. Was there anything that stood out? I would say a lot of stuff I already knew was coming, sort of just got a few new details. Mm-hmm. And there were a couple of announcements for upcoming projects, like you mentioned pre-us recording, uh, Pixar films like Inside Out 2 and Elementals are coming. Um, what else stood out to you, Inside Paul? Inside Out well, 2, yes. right? I heard that two of the actors aren't coming back for the roles within, like, it's Amy Poehler, absolutely, but yes. Phyllis and somebody else, I think, Was whoever that plays confirmed Angry. Or? Yeah, confirmed that they're not returning. Oh, wow. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, because so, uh, they haven't really said what the plot of the film is going to be. We don't know if it's going to be set in Riley's mind or another mm, person's mind. Mm. We don't know if it's going to, yeah, what it is. So, just the name and that's it. Mm. I'm, I'll am i be honest, I'm surprised Inside Out 2 is happening. That, don't know, I feel like we might have done as much as we can with that idea. But, like, Pixar, you know, they've proved me wrong before, but the sequel thing worries me. Yeah. I agree. Was yeah. there anything else that stood out, though, announcement-wise, Paul? Um, well, yeah, I, I think some of the uh, Disney animation ones sound... Oh, they The Pixar also announced a film called Elio, um, which sounded interesting, about a kid uh, who is mistaken as the uh, that human ambassador in an alien world or oh, something. Oh yes, yes. That was yeah, a that, that was a Pixar or was that Disney? That one's Pixar. Okay, cool. Okay. Yeah. Um and yeah, there's a new princess in the film called Wish, which mm-hmm. is a Disney animation one, uh which shows the origin of the wishing star from the Pinocchio movie. Yeah. Um which is interesting. I mean, mm. I I started watching the Pinocchio reboot. This is the uh, Robert Zemeckis directed one, yeah. Yeah, and it was not great. The reviews that the, the what I picked up from reading headlines was that it's barely a movie. Like <laughs> that, oh, it's God. it's just it's just the same as the fucking Lion King one, where it's like okay, it's live action, but it's not. It's just CGI. Like it's just literally the only CGI. thing. The only thing that's real in the scene is Tom Hanks. It's like they couldn't even fucking bother building a set that for him to stand in, and it just it just feels cheap. Like okay. he's like you know They've he's got, got all CW his cuckoo, He's got all his cuckoo <laughs> clocks. Yeah, and one they've made all the cuckoo clocks um, 
Disney properties. So like one's oh. Toy Story and one's uh, this and that. And then, but on top of that, they didn't fucking bother building the cuckoo clocks. They're just like badly CGI'd. It's like, right. at what point can you not even be bothered building a clock? This this is shocking because Robert Zemeckis has always only been associated with amazing CGI. Um, <laughs> <laughs> This is a real shame. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Spoiler anyway. first. <laughs> no, Liam. You can- No. You'd dead kill it. Spoil- spoilers for Beowulf. Um, the, uh, the, uh, probably the announcement that depressed me the most out of everything was the Lion King prequel called mm-hmm. Mufasa that <sighs> follows Mufasa and Scar as young kids. But like- the CGI remake of The Lion King was so bad. It was so bad, and it everyone hated it. It made a billion dollars. It made a billion everyone, dollars. That's the key, Paul. But but we've seen this happen before. Alice in Wonderland made a billion dollars. This is true. This Sequel is true. came out, and no one watched it. Sometimes you have to say, okay... Did people actually like this film when they watched it? Okay, now we'll make a sequel. Well, it's not a sequel. It's a prequel. <laughs> <laughs> so, we'll do the reverse. We'll make $2 billion, unlike the sequel. <laughs> the thing about the Alice in Wonderland film, though, I think people forget as well, is it hit... It was like the next big 3D movie after Avatar came yeah. out. Like, it was almost a, like the, the next one off the, off, the, um, off the train. Yeah. And I think that was a big part of why it made so much money as well, because people were like, like wanted that next hit after yeah. Avatar was such a huge success. Um, and so by the time the se- sequel came around, you know, no one gave a shit anymore. But like, I think, like I think Lion King... You might be eating your words. We'll yeah. find out. But um, I feel like Lion King's a bit of a similar situation. Like, people went to see Lion yeah. King because they had an affection for the original. Mm-hmm. Then they all went and watched it. And, mm-hmm. oh, oh, this is a piece of shit. Um, so... Do you think, I, I, though... I do don't you think hope that's things true? fail. I hope this film fails. I surely, really surely one of the benefits of Disney Plus, though, is they can, like, have all this sort of... Um, metrics coming in of how many people are watching and re-watching that live-action, quote-unquote, Lion King movie. And what if more people are watching that than are watching the original 1990s animated one? And that's why they're going, well, we need to do more I of this. I really because hope. I so hope that's not the case. Don't underestimate the stupidity of people, Paul. <laughs> That, do, many, that actually like, depresses me so much. <laughs> like they, they've surely there is hard data to support that they should make this movie. Not just the billion dollars it made three or four years ago, but the fact that people are still watching that film on Disney Plus. They would know for a certainty. Maybe they're making it for the animals that are watching it. Because remember when you we watched it, Brod and Arnold. I've never seen Brod's cat, cat react to anything <laughs> like this. It's true, but. Baby Simba, he was up there. He was like, "What is going on? Who is this?" So realism. Have Have you ever actually spoken to anyone that has? <laughs> it's just I thought you just ended the sentence. There. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing it right now, Paul. <laughs> have you spoken to anyone that has liked the new Lion King more than the not other a one? soul? Not a no soul. one. No, th- no you'd soul. have to. No one that's you know not committed. Right? <laughs> like <laughs> someone. I want to hear. That's I want to hear from test. audience members who. Not only liked the uh, the live action Lion King film, but prefer it to the 1990s animated version. Yeah, I want to hear from please. you. Yes, I do as well because I want to know who to block on social. Media. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You hear that, guys? You hear that? That's everyone. 
<laughs> um, D23, though, there were a couple of trailers that were released that I was excited about. Yes, the, what was that? Um, Secret Invasion. Yeah, trailer. this is the, um, another Marvel Disney Plus show. This one featuring Nick Fury, um, uh, Kobe Smulders. Livy Coleman. Livy Coleman. I mean, Livy Coleman's always going to get me yeah. interested just, yes. just by her being there. I love Cully. Um, Cully. Yeah, I thought it looked, I thought I'm looked interesting. I'm excited for it. It looks, you know, I I don't have Marvel fatigue. I'm excited for everything that comes out about Marvel. So yeah. I know that I'm I'm you know digging upwards right now because <laughs> you guys. But yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I I had that break. I had a month break from Marvel when I was overseas, and then I came back and started watching She Hulk. So I think my Marvel fatigue is over now. I'm enjoying it again now. Oh, oh I'm really enjoying She Hulk as well. Yeah. Now I'm worried. You know what we should do? (laughs) (laughs) We should talk about what we've been watching. Okay. What a great segue. Look at that, everybody. (laughs) That was this real. How many episodes of this have you done? Perfect. (laughs) You're a real professional podcaster. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Paul, yes. What have you been watching? What did you watch on the plane? <laughs> I actually on the plane, I uh, loaded uh, all the seasons of Drag Race onto my iPad. So I was watching Drag Race France, Celebrity Drag Race, Drag Race Down Under, um, and Drag Race Canada. Um, wow. It's the perfect thing to watch on a plane. Like you, I disagree. Requires... The perfect thing to watch on a, on a plane is the Lord of the Rings trilogy. I thought you were going to say V. What? <laughs> or V, yeah. Lord of the Rings trilogy. I When I flew to New York in October 2019 before the world changed, I I just put the Lord of the Rings on and it was but great. If when I want to watch Lord of the Rings, I want to watch it on my giant projector. Absolutely. I don't want to watch it on my iPad. Yeah, but, but if I'm on a plane, I just want to have something that I can fall asleep to and wake up and not feel like, oh, what have I missed? Yeah, but I if I fall mean, asleep, I just turn it off. But you're then, asleep. <laughs> yeah, so if I feel myself falling asleep, I'll turn the thing off and then fall asleep. Paul, what have you been watching? <laughs> uh, I knew that was going to happen. <laughs> Screw him. Let's um, keep talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> so one thing, one thing I did watch uh, when I was overseas while I was traveling is uh, a TV show that's on Paramount Plus here in America. Oh, sorry. Oh, hell. wow. He's uh, been Par- gone for a month <laughs> <laughs> here in America. Power out for us here in Australia, um, a show called I Love That For You. Have you guys heard of this? I have not. No. 
So um, it's apparently based on a true story, which I didn't realize, and I haven't really looked into that, but it says so on the poster. Um, but, <laughs> Must be uh, true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's about a woman who pretends to have cancer in order to be a host on a home shopping network. Wow. Yeah, it sounds um, real. <laughs> and uh, this show is fantastic. It's uh, anxiety inducing but also hilarious um and heartfelt and um yeah really well written um it uh stars vanessa bayer from saturday night live um and molly shannon mm-hmm. um and molly shannon is just phenomenal she's always uh, great she's, except she's always in the great. kath and kim american remake she's always that's great. not her fault though <laughs> no yeah that was out of her control but um <laughs> Yeah, this I think she does some of her best acting in that I've ever seen her do in this show. Actually, oh, wow! Um, even compared to some of the more dramatic stuff that she's done, um, she, she was good but, in White Lotus for that one or two episodes, wasn't she? Yeah, she was yeah. great in White Lotus and the other White White Mike White movie, um, Year of the Dog, as well. She was fantastic. But um, yeah, I would highly recommend this show. I think it, it's really good. I think. I think Paramount Plus is a bit of a like death sentence for TV shows in Australia. Like, not many people have it. I think pretty much only soccer fans have it because you can get the soccer on there. Sure. And uh, it seems like if a show's on Paramount Plus, no one's talking about it. Um, there was show- a tiny moment where it looked like the AFL, Aussie Rules Football, might have been snapped up by Channel 10 and Paramount Plus. Yeah. And that would have done a lot of good. For the content yeah. on Paramount Plus, and it didn't happen in the end. Probably would have done a lot of good for AFL. As it well. might have done a lot for the sport as well <laughs> to have someone else fucking getting accepted another seven years of Seven and Fox. But anyway, yeah. Um, so yeah, if you do happen to get a Paramount Plus <laughs> uh, subscription for any reason, um, you give accidentally that show press that button when you got looking when you're on Amazon. Amazon. Yeah, yeah. Our yeah. um, mum did that. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, another show that dropped while I was uh, overseas was um, the new Brazilian uh, spin-off of Queer Eye um, on Netflix. Uh, so, obviously, there's been, I think, like five or six seasons of the American Queer Eye, um, and then we got a German Queer Eye earlier this year, which was okay. Like, I enjoyed it because I, I love this format so mm-hmm. much. Like, Queer Eye is like a drug to me. I, I love it. Um, but I felt that in the German one, like especially the home makeovers felt very cheap and nasty and um, we're up to the standard. This Brazilian... No one can compare with Bobby, let's be honest. No. Um, Bobby, yeah, literally holds up that show on his shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> but um, this Brazilian Queer Eye is actually fantastic. Uh, I think all five of the main guys are are fantastic. Like, they're all really good in their respective fields. Um, a bit more diversity. One of them's a trans man. Um and uh he's he's really good uh but uh the the make the house makeovers are actually fantastic and it it's interesting because you go to a different country and the the architecture and the way people live are a lot different so it really does make a a different challenge altogether making over these people's houses um but i think you know the trademark of this franchise is that it is so heartwarming and emotional mm-hmm. and 
this definitely has that. I was ugly crying multiple episodes of this show. Um, so if you're, you know, jonesing for more Queer Eye and can't wait for the next season, definitely give this a go. Like, I know there is a uh, a dub on Netflix. I didn't try it out, but, um, like, I watched it subbed. If you can put up with the subtitles, I would definitely uh, do that. But uh, who knows? Maybe the, the dub's okay. Um, that is that I that is something that's probably stopped me from watching it, if I'm being honest. I think the thing about Queer Eyes, it's one of those shows I can kind of watch and not necessarily paying super close attention to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the subtitles, not that I I'm actually I'm happy to watch a lot of shows with subtitles, but usually it's something that's I, I'm probably wanting to pay attention to hundred percent of the time anyway. So with something yeah. that's a little bit lighter like Queer Eye, where I might come in and out or um, be doing something on my phone while it's on, that does present a bit of a challenge in terms of how eager I am to to watch it. Does that make sense? Yes. No, I get that. Yeah. So maybe um, the dub is right for you then. That might be, yeah. which is a horrific thing to think about. Um, <laughs> but you might yeah. be right. Yeah. If you if you watch it, let me know what, what you think. Sure, sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, Another uh, Netflix show I want to give a shout out to, even though I don't think the show itself is fantastic, but um, a show called Boo Bitch. Have sure. you guys seen this? No. No. I don't know how you... The <laughs> depths, you find the depths you What is your algorithm? What is your algorithm? <laughs> <laughs> you know, actually what, Liam? This makes total sense. Yeah. <laughs> what is Paul's <laughs> algorithm? It's true. <laughs> um, all right. So this is like a teen comedy that got released a couple of months ago. Um, the main character is played by Lana Condor, who was like the main character in the all the boys i loved before movies sure I don't know if you saw any of those so. i think i saw them both the yeah. two that have come out so far the yeah. two so far i think there's or all three out now i think there's three i've seen at least i think of one yeah. i've seen one or two anyway. <laughs> um so uh yeah this film is about a couple of girls they're kind of like the invisible girls no one pays attention to in high school and then one of them gets um crushed to death by a moose on her way home from a party and wakes up dead uh, but still able to interact with the people around. Liam just figured out the title. I have, (laughs) yes. No, I didn't until you said that. But I have actually watched a trailer for this, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, um, I have, my, my algorithm showing me this now. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, it's a very fluffy, light teen show. Um, and it's not always great, but it's a very, like, if you like trashy, like, teen movies, it's very, like, nostalgic. It, I, I think the way kids are dressing now are the way we dressed when we were growing up. So it's very nostalgic. It almost sure. feels like a period piece in that sure. way. <laughs> um, but uh, the one thing I wanted to shout out is the supporting uh, actress in this, Zoe Margaret Coletti. So she plays kind of her best friend. And this, if you watch the show, you might think whatever of the show, but you cannot deny that she is going to be huge. She walks away with this. She was also in this season of um, Only Murders in the Building. She played like Steve Martin's oh, right. okay. like, daughter, yeah, daughter, yeah, like yeah, daughter yeah. figure. She's great, yep. yeah. Um, she is phenomenal in this show. And it's kind of like you put this performance in this kind of like fluff show. Um, so yeah, uh, worth watching just for her, honestly. And she gets a lot to do, especially towards the end of the series. So, um, 
But I know a lot of people just want like something that they don't have to think too much about and kind of fun tone, short episodes. This is definitely fits that bill. Cool. So that's um, Boo Bitch on Netflix. On Netflix. Yeah. Um, and finally, on uh, TV shows wise, uh, I wanted to shout out the new Darren Star show. Uh, he did uh, shows like Sex and the City and Younger and Emily in Paris. And his new show, um, God, what a, what a trio of shows that was. <laughs> Girl face. Like, Here we go. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, his new show, Uncoupled, uh, which stars Neil Patrick Harris. Um, okay. And it's about a uh, Neil Patrick Harris. He's a real estate agent in New York. He's been with his partner uh, for like 14 years. Um, and then uh, all of a sudden... With no warning at all, his partner breaks up with him. Uh, so he thought, you know, he was ready to, you know, spend the rest of his life with this person. And all of a sudden, he's single again as a man in his 40s mm-hmm. um, in the gay world. Um, and I have to say, like, this show is a lot better than I thought it was going to be. Um, uh, it, and... Uh, there was definitely stuff that's happened in my life that I actually found very relatable in this in this show. Um, so it kind of hit me in in a lot of ways I didn't expect it to. Mm. Um, but that being said, it is a very like Darren Star, you know, affluent people in New York, um, lots of sex puns. Hey, like, hey, sometimes sometimes they're in Paris. Yes, yeah, sometimes. <laughs> in, well, <laughs> Um, uh, but yeah, so it, it doesn't reinvent the wheel, but, um, Neil Parachik Harris is very good in it. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I think it's maybe a little bit more intelligently written than some of his other shows. So, um, Hmm. I would definitely give this one a go. I I think, I think it actually has something to say and it it was, it's fun watch. Do you think, do you think it helps... That maybe because he's writing from his own perspective a bit more than say about four white women in New York, you know, yes. maybe gives it a bit more authenticity, which is why you're connecting with it, and it feels yeah. a little more genuine and like. I, I would so Paul was in so. America for a month, so he gets exactly. It. Yeah, I, I was. I'm basically a New Yorker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's had <laughs> bagels before. Um, yeah, no. There's definitely and there's like conversations that they, you know, because they, you know. This show, the main group is just a bunch of gay guys. So there's like conversations they have between themselves. I'm like, I've I've had that conversation, you know. So it is very much like that. Cool. Uncoupled. um, Where do you find that? Sorry, that's Netflix as well. Netflix too. Very cool. Yeah. Um, I did uh, have the opportunity to go to the movies a few times. Um, when I was over there as well. So I saw, uh, Nope. And I actually got to see Nope at an AMC theater, so I got to see the uh, famous Nicole, Nicole Kidman AMC commercial <gasps> on the really? big screen. Was it yeah. the new and, one or the original the one? The original apparently, there's the, a new one too. The, the new one hasn't been made yet. Oh, but, okay, um, it's, it's, it's in the production. Stages Does it live up to the hype? Yeah, it's pretty glorious seeing it <laughs> on the <big> screen. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I saw Nope. Uh, which have either Genuinely of you guys seen this yet? About- nope, uh, nope. Um, I'm I'm actually more jealous that you've seen the Nicole Kidman ad. So go on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So uh, I don't want to ruin too much about this film, but uh, appreciate that. It's it's really cool. It, it it goes into some unusual places. Um, I think if you're expecting a traditional narrative where everything connects with each other and gives you a tight, you know, bow on the end, that's not what you get here. But it has some really cool ideas and some really cool sequences, like unforgettable sequences, um, and. Of especially interest to you guys, there's some direct uh, references to Akira mm-hmm. and Neon Genesis Evangelion. That, that, um, you, you, I need to keep remembering that because that's yeah. the thing that should get me to the cinemas tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> I think it might already be out for rent, possibly. Oh, well. is it already? Yeah, okay, I'm cool. pretty yeah. sure it's on a streaming service already. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, definitely uh, give it a go. It, if anything, it's an interesting movie and an ambitious movie. The, so, so the, the question... Which it's an unfair question, but I think maybe it's it's a fun way to frame it. Is of the three Jordan Peele films now, mm-hmm. um, obviously Get Out, Us, and now Nope. What great titles, by the way. Um, mm-hmm. How would you rank this? How how would you rank those three movies? I would rank it Get Out, Us, Nope. Get but Out, I enjoyed Us, all Nope. Three. Yeah. Okay. But I enjoyed all three. Okay. Cool. 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 And if you yeah. want to hear my thoughts on Get Out, say, I was uh, waiting go to for the Swapcast podcast. I was going to say, this, just you made it. a good uh, comparison to M. Night Shyamalan. Uh, yes. yes. Like, he's, now, he's now at his uh, Science? third film, Signs. Yeah. So I'm worried about the here? village. I'm worried about him. <laughs> yeah, <where's>... yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Hopefully, we never get his lady in the water. Yeah. Um, he made did... the same joke on... Didn't he make was the the happening was that Shyamalan as well? Yes. Oh fucking. But I kind of want to see Jordan Peele's happening. (laughs) Actually, in a way, this has some similarities to the happening as well. But I won't ruin. Okay, you just Um, you just undid my neon genesis hype. (laughs) Not in a bad way. Um, I also got to see George Miller's new film, Three Thousand Years of Longing. Yes. What Um, did you think? Have you seen it, Liam? No, but a friend of mine is a visual effects supervisor for a company called Method in Melbourne, and they do a whole bunch of Marvel stuff. And then he also told me about this film. He was visually visual uh vfx supervisor on with idris elba as a genie and i'm like what he's like i have, I have no idea what the tone of this film is going to be and then i saw a trailer <laughs> for it i'm like is this the film he's like yeah that's not what i thought it was going to be <laughs> at all i know nothing except about because they just all they worked on was like the particle effects or something on it yeah but um yeah any good yeah um it's very ambitious as well um i How appreciated it <laughs> Uh, I, I I appreciate it. I liked it. I really liked it overall. Um, it's not going to be everyone's t- cup of tea. Um, it's a very much its own tone. I, I just appreciated the fact that it's... You don't see films of this genre, which is like a romantic fantasy, mm. done on this scale with this budget, with this cast. Interesting. Um, yeah, and it's it's very epistotic. It's like... It's two people in a room telling stories to each other and then you see the stories acted out kind of thing. Um, And, yeah, it doesn't quite stick the landing, but everything in it is quite strong. So I would recommend it overall, but don't expect a perfect film. Don't expect Mad Max Fury Road (laughs) for sure. Um, But, uh, yeah, it is. 
it is quite beautiful and ambitious and weird and, um, yeah, really cool. George so. George Miller making it demands my attention. Yeah. I feel like I need to see that. He can do this. He can do Mad Max Fury Road. He can do Bay Pig in the City. Like, yeah. you got to check them all out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and finally, I got to see the new A24 horror movie, Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Have either of you guys seen or heard about this one? No, but no. critic friends of mine who saw it at MIFF said it was like, Really, really great. It was the highlight for them. Yeah, it's a really fun movie. Um, stars Pete Davison. Um, the main character is played by the actress, sorry, I forgot her name, that played Borat's daughter in Borat 2. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yep. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's kind of like... Oh, and Lee Pace is in it as well. Did she I'm end really up winning good. an Oscar or did she just get she nominated, nominated? Definitely nominated. For, yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh, but yeah, it's a really fun kind of uh, slasher murder mystery set in a house where a bunch of insufferable uh, Gen Zers are having a, a hurricane party, and then one of them rocks up dead, um, and then it escalates from there. Um, really clever, really fun, uh, really of the moment. Um, has a lot to say about this generation and uh said that with a real sigh (laughs) yeah (laughs) this generation yeah do they Um, just sit around doing nothing while everyone gets murdered is that it because they have no they don't want to work is that the idea (laughs) (laughs) uh no but um yeah they can't afford locks on their doors because they've all eaten too much avocado is that it (laughs) um but yeah uh, i would i would also recommend this one it's a lot of fun um Maybe don't read much about it before you go into it because uh, there's definitely some surprises in there that I didn't see coming. Oh, okay, so, cool. Um, yeah. The um, one thing we haven't spoiled tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Thank you, Paul. Cool. That was no a great worries. little selection. Liam, what have you been watching? Um, I've I've been watching a lot of just great stuff, uh, really Really insightful conversation about to have. No, I watched all of Community actually again, which is great. The whole thing um, from start to finish. The whole thing. Actually, no, I skipped season four, um, and which you're absolutely allowed to do. Um, and God, that's a good ending to a show. Like, Isn't it great? Watched, I hadn't watched the ending to that show. I for some reason I just never watched that last episode until like a year ago. Sure. Um, and then yeah, I being on Yahoo made it a little bit harder. It to, was to yeah, get to was. that stuff. Yeah, it was. Um, but. Yeah, they really stick the landing with that show. Um, but what I have been, the things I want to talk about are the the big things that are happening currently, like the week-to-week shows. Mm-hmm. Um, we obviously, you probably are going to go into more in-depth conversations. About yeah, some we of can these. have a preliminary talk. None of them have, I think the ones you're about to talk about, maybe one of them has ended uh, recently and we probably won't review it. But the others, listen, they're review pending. So I think we can talk about them where we're at now. Um well, one of those is that you, the one you're referring to is that only murders in the building. Correct. Right. Okay. Well, let's talk about that last because um, I've the two big fantasy things at the moment, which is Rings of Power and uh, House of Dragon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which are very different shows, but I, it's hard not to compare them because they're coming out at a very similar time. The budget, them the both budget. theoretically being of the fantasy, high fantasy based genre. Based on books, all this kind of stuff. Based yeah. on fantasy novels, exactly. Prequel stuff from True. very well-known franchises. Yep. Um, House of Dragon, I've been watching it. I've 
been watching it. I'm enjoying it. <laughs> I've been like, watching I, it. I'm not, I've been not watching, watching it. it. You know what I mean? I'm not not watching it, sure. but I find it hard to get into because it feels like... Because I think what Game of Thrones had going for it was it was a whole bunch of different stories in this whole entire world. And currently right now, it just feels like it's just stories about this one family. And it's just... it, it like it's It feels slow and... I found myself like really just like I started Googling trying to find out what happens like sure. based on the books and what's known because I'm like, I just don't see where this is going. Currently. I watched the first episode and it really didn't inspire me to keep going. Like, do you I, think it's I, worth go- keep going after the first I, one? I think, yes, there is like some really great action in it. There's some really good like action sequences that are happening within it that I think are only going to get better as the show gets bigger and grander. Um, but it just, yeah, I think it's trying to latch on to that Game of Thrones nostalgia that we all have. Remember it being great, but I no, I'm, no, can I, I change my answer? Because <laughs> I just found it to be like completely humorless, very yeah. dour, like to the point where Game of Thrones wasn't like that. At the beginning, it, no. it, it, well, it, it let you. It let well, no, because we had Tyrion, like Tyrion, yeah, sure, and we had different like settings as well. Everything has that kind yes, of grey exactly. tinge to it in this show. Like in the original season, like when we followed Daenerys, we were like shot these beautiful vistas in Malta, and everything was like shot well. This feels bargain basement to me. Yeah, like, because especially it's, it's, after watching Lord of the Rings. Yeah, we're only in King's Landing and Dragonstone, literally. And yeah. this latest episode, they went to the forest, to the woods, which was a bit more interesting. But like, it was, it doesn't feel, it does, it's not grabbing the attention of me. Like, I think it's trying, it thinks it will. I think there's uh, a few, I've got a theory on this. A few things are working against this. Number one is we've done so much of this before, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't, the fact that it's set in King's Landing primarily, at least I've watched the first two episodes, it's, all essentially set in King's Landing with a couple little detours here and there, mm-hmm. um, is difficult because it doesn't feel or look different. Yes, it's set 200 years before Game of yeah, Thrones, it but it's just as easily it be could, set at the same time. Totally, right? We've also done this sort of story before in Game of Thrones, which is politics, 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 all these family different politics. houses, family politics, but also politics between houses. Dragons. This, this and drag well that's the thing too it's like yeah. if dragons were the pool well we kind of got three dragons you're not impressing me by having yeah. more dragons if that makes sense um but the 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 that that dynamic of like the politics and the family politics and the houses politics it's that again but with now new houses that I now have to learn everyone's names everyone's names again and that was like the thing there's for like, me oh, there's a Lannister wink wink when the game <laughs> when Game of Thrones first started. I didn't fall in love with it after episode one. Episode one takes primarily place at Winterfell. Yeah. And then we get the Daenerys stuff happening is the sort of the B plot in that episode one. And I, I wasn't hooked straight away. Like, it took me a little while to get to know these characters. Um, by the end of the first season, I was like, oh, okay. I really, yeah. really am into this show. I see what it's doing. Because it Absolutely. pulls a magic trick at the end of the first season, which got me hooked, hooked. I was going off good faith that I kept watching all the way to the end of season one. And then it and builds from can- there. Then they can't do that with House of Dragon. They can't make us wait until the end of the first season for something like that to hook us. But it's got to happen early. Another big part is, yeah, we've also got Game of Thrones fatigue because of how that one ended. Yeah. But also, um, we at least had the Starks, 
who mm. are sort of the underdog, likable family protagonist. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Mm. Like the Daenerys. Yes, also you you're sort of on her side too. But the Lannisters were fun to hate. Tyrion is really enjoyable to be around, though. So he got on his side quickly, and uh, especially John, Ned, Catelyn, and Arya. Um, not Sansa straight away because she's a pain in the ass in the first not season. Not Bran. Not Bran ever. <laughs> but but <laughs> what I mean is like there is just enough humanity. There was enough of that stuff yeah. that you mm. like the Starks. You're kind of rooting for them at the very least. This show just doesn't have those sorts of characters in it. And, Which- like, the epicness of it and, like, the story they want to tell about this tragic fall of the Targaryens over time, it might be interesting, but it's... It's never going to be Game of Thrones. Well, if it, it might be, but it's just... it's. It's got a lot of work to do to get me there right now. I Which, don't know if I can be fucking asked. if I'm being honest. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Which leads me into Rings of Power. Sure. Which is, for all intents and purposes, similar kind of, like, you know, they're doing high, something it's, that's It's high fantasy, high fantasy. It's a prequel. It's a prequel based on stuff that we know. Yeah. But it is fantastic. <laughs> it is doing something. It, it For one, it feels different. It doesn't feel like. I mean, yes, it feels like Lord of the Rings in the best ways possible by, like, just the way, the feel of the world that they're in and how it, what it looks like, but it doesn't feel like we're in that same era because it is set about a thousand years or whatever before. Is that what it is? I can't remember how. It's how another, it's a, yeah, a thousand or two thousand years earlier, yeah. Right? So, so it's, it is Middle Earth, but it's completely different Middle Earth and people are in different places. Things are doing, people are doing different things, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's, it's able to do something different and make you feel like it's doing something different as opposed to House of Dragon. I mean, it's, it's hard not to compare the two because they're both coming out at the same time and doing very similar things. And I'm absolutely loving And it's also gorgeous. Rings yeah. of Power is just... The money is on the, money the, is the screen. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like, it just looks expensive. And I'm so excited. I'm, I'm thinking about it during the week going, oh, I wonder what is going to happen as opposed to House of Dragon where I'm just going to watch it because it's there and I don't... I don't really pay attention. <laughs> it just um, makes such a huge difference that it has color. It has color in that's the frame, it, probably, like, yeah. like because what, like I, I made the mistake of watching an episode of that first episode of House of Dragon right after an episode of Lord of the Rings, and it just looks like you're watching the show through muddy water. Like everything's yeah. brown and gray. It feels like it's on a backlot somewhere. Where yeah. Whereas Rings of yeah. Power feels like you're in this world. Yeah, like that the the latest episode of Ring of Rings of Power there on like this giant um uh harbor. That's yeah. a set. Yeah. And you can tell it's a set. You can Absolutely. tell it's water underneath that boat and you can tell they're going towards a real building and it makes a difference. Yeah. It really does. Um there yeah, I think the thing about Rings of Power it is both tapping into our nostalgia for the Peter Jackson Lord of the Rings films, which were 20 years ago now. Right, mm-hmm. so it's not like Game of Thrones, which was only three or four years ago that that finished. Right, it is, and also ended with a massive disappointment. Right, mm-hmm. the Lord of the Rings trilogy is still beloved. Twenty years later, we're clamoring for more. Yes, the Hobbit trilogy came out and they weren't that great, but it didn't quite have the same uh, disappointment. Disappointment at, at that yeah. that um, the Game of Thrones had because the build up wasn't as as big. 
So there's that refreshingness to it. There's also just refreshing because, as you said, Paul, color, right? Mm. And like, it is high fantasy that is really embracing the high fantasy aspect of it. We're talking elves. We're talking dwarves. We're talking trolls. We're talking orcs. Like, this is going for high fantasy. Yes. It's Lord of the Rings. It's Middle Earth. There is character. There is characters in this as opposed to House There's of Dragon, imagination, I think, yeah, imagine, and yeah. there is- House of Dragon is just a whole bunch of broody people standing around having conversations about being broody. It's like yeah. I think it's conversations. Just, it's come at the right time and it yeah. is succeeding on so many levels. The music in Rings of Power is mm. fucking mm. phenomenal. It is so good and it is, yeah, it's really scratching an itch for me in a big, big way. Um, as a massive fan of the Peter Jackson films, he is not involved, but it is taking the right notes, is hitting the right aspects um, from those films, even some of the ways it's, it's filmmaking. It is, for something that is a prequel also, it is setting up some great mysteries of like, you know what the end point of, for some of these characters are. You ultimately know how this story has to end, but there is so much in between that I don't know. And I'm looking forward to finding out how we get there, the journey to get to that that point. Um, it is probably my favourite show of the year so far. It maybe was Succession this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Succession and Severance have a lot to. Will 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 tap me on the my shoulder and say, "What about us?" But right now, I'm enjoying the show immensely. Saying all of that, yes, is that these shows are only three episodes in. True, exactly. Who knows long what's way to go. happen? But long, like long currently, and it's it's those first few episodes are a big thing. Like when you're watching a new show, is they need to hook you and they need to grab you. And one of them has, and the other one hasn't. Well, if your problem with House of the Dragon that's all taking place in one place right now, the Lord of the Rings has so many characters in different locations they can't actually show all of them in a single episode. Like yeah. in episode three, we didn't spend any time with Bronwyn. We didn't spend any time with Elrond. And let me tell you, I'm looking forward to spending more time with Elrond in yeah. fucking Kazadum. Which mm. looked amazing, and I want to go there. Like, yeah. holy shit! Yep, <laughs> <laughs> correct. Uh, and the the only other show that's not uh, uh, what's it called? What are we talking about? Sorry, later. Early motors in the building. The only yes. other show is She Hulk, which is I know that Brod, you are having struggles with it. I'm Kinda. enjoying it so far. I'm I'm enjoying what they're doing with it. It's, it feels different. It doesn't it doesn't feel like it's this whole big world building thing like something like Loki was, or um, even for that matter, uh, Ms. Marvel was very like law heavy in terms of what they were setting up. And same with like Moon Knight. This very much feels like a more grounded, but also not and fun show to be putting into the MCU. I'm I'm really enjoying what they're doing with it. Yeah, I th- I think with a lot of other like MCU shows, it's like this is a Marvel show, but with a bit of horror influence or a bit of action movie influence. Whereas this is this is a comedy, like it's yeah. a comedy first and foremost. Um, it just happens to be an MCU show, um, and I feel like if we're gonna if we're gonna only get Marvel stuff then let it be wildly <laughs> different from each other. Let it yeah. be a horror show first that happens to be set in the Marvel Universe, not 
you know, let it be what it, what it is. And, uh, yeah, I, I have, I've been like belly laughing during the show. I think it's, it's really funny. I think Tatiana Maslany is fantastic. Tatiana Maslany is incredible in this show. It's, there's something that Marvel has been doing. Very good. (laughs) Uh, if there's something that Marvel has been doing really, really, really well, pretty much the entire way through the MCU run ever since Iron Man, really, is yeah. its casting. It just seems to cast the right people in these roles. So even if I didn't overall love the show the whole way through, I'm usually at least invested in the portrayal of the character by the actors they've chosen. I don't think they've really failed at that aspect at all. Um, Which I want to, I want to say on this platform here um ms marvel she was incredible imana sorry what's i can't remember her name uh imana Valiant, is that her name i'm sorry i should know her name but <laughs> yeah. i know damask wasn't convinced yeah i didn't get that criticism either i thought yeah, she damask. I thought she absolutely nailed it she was <laughs> she was so fun to watch listen to the people yeah, damask they're coming likeable. for you <laughs> It was Instantly, a character yeah. that yeah, it was a character that could have easily been insufferable, and she made it like lovable. I am um, if if you like her, she's also in real life a huge Marvel nerd, and there's a great um, interview with her by New Rockstars. Eric Voss interviews her, and they they just literally nerd out about Marvel for an hour, and it is incredible. And he's like trying to get an answer out of her. She's like, I want to tell you so much, but I can't tell you. It's incredible. She's a, she, and she's also a big fan of New Rockstars, so like it's it's quite funny. Uh, I recommend that that interview uh, if you like her and like Marvel. There you go. I uh, wished when I saw She Hulk was coming. Right, I had a, I had a wish. Um, that the show would be a 30-minute legal comedy, basically, right? I'm like, mm-hmm. make this green Ally McBeal. Or more, yeah. <laughs> That's what they're doing. Kind of. I now <laughs> wish I'd been more specific when I said, <laughs> I want this to be a legal comedy show set in the Marvel Universe. The monkey paw got me because it decided to make the comedy on the level of Big Bang Theory. I disagree and that completely with that. Is I could a not problem. I forgot you, to bro. tell them I wanted this to be Boston legal <laughs> in the <laughs> in the Marvel Cinematic <laughs> Universe. Not fucking. Have you watched Big Bang Theory? Yes, like, I have. Is... I've watched lots of it. It is. It is. That's, well, that's the level it's at. <laughs> it's the level it's at. It really. No, it it's is. Not. It, it, no, it's not. It, the com- it's not. I honestly think funny. this is absolutely on the same level as Boston Legal. If that's going to be your <laughs> your benchmark, hundred I've only watched the first season of Big Bang Theory. I I promised a friend that I would give it a proper chance. So I watched the entire first season. Did not laugh once. So yeah. <laughs> stone faced the entire season. Decided I will never watch it again. What what's my laughed multiple times? What are the highlights, joke wise? What stood out to you as being particularly funny moments so far in She Hulk? Spoilers for She Hulk, I guess. Uh, now you're putting me on the spot. Yeah, yeah. Because I remember the the one line that that made me laugh. It was it was a it was a timing and the way it was executed was. Uh, I think it was the third episode. There was sort of. Uh, She-Hulk, Jen was doing the stuff with Abomination and there was this other court case thing that was going on on the other side. The B-plot was some uh, shape-shifting elf 
person yeah. or whatever. I'm like, what the fuck? Why Why is this storyline happening? We don't know these characters. What are we doing here? And then eventually the two storylines merge and Jen, because she does the fourth wall breaking stuff, just like leans into frame. It's like merging the A, B, a plot and B plot. Nice. And I was like, that's a, that's a fun meta joke because if you pay attention to how story structure works, especially in sitcom television, then that was a nice little nod to the format, I guess. Because Tadiad Mislani delivered it so well and it was so well executed, that line worked. Not much else has hit for me beyond that. I really enjoy the stuff with the family. I think her dad, her relationship with her dad is really great. I I honestly really enjoyed the Wong and Madison stuff in this latest episode. Uh, I haven't watched the latest one, so don't ruin anything. All right, I won't. Yeah. No spoilers for She-Hulk. <laughs> but um, I... I don't think it's there's any particular jokes that I'm finding funny, but I just don't think it's like that they're memorable enough for me to think of it. But like I think it is a better show than you're saying it is in terms of comedy. I am laughing out loud at this show. Yeah, I'm, I'm really, really, really not. Um, I'm not hating it, but I, I, uh, yeah, it is because it's a comedy, and I'm not laughing that much. It's an upsetting. It's upsetting. Uh, <laughs> well, that's. Your prerogative. It is. And I'm the one who gets to review the show, so He's guess what? all the bits where we said it was great. <laughs> <laughs> um, but finally, yeah. Only murders in the building. Do we have time? Uh, I want to quickly go through what I've been watching. Jeez, we're going long. Some of this very quick. Um, starting with when saw Top Gun Maverick. Paul, you mentioned finally. this the last time you are on. I know. <laughs> it's the only thing I've been to the cinemas to see anytime recently. And Liam still hasn't seen it. Listen, it Correct. just came out at the exact wrong time for Liam and I to go and see yeah. the cinemas. It was piss poor timing. But somehow, went- somehow, though, we did watch the... Um, Chippendale movie. Chippendale movie, so I don't know. Like, <laughs> um, Anyway, when saw Top Gun Maverick, a lot of hype, a lot of hype around this film going into it. Obviously made a billion dollars at the box office. Um, it, Everyone seems to love it. And for the most part, it lives up to that hype. I think ultimately what it comes down to is it just... A really solid, competently made, air like dogfighting F one, whatever they not F one, whatever the fighter jet movie is. Top Gun, but updated slightly to modern sensibilities, while also really feeling like a throwback to the style of like nineties, eighties, and nineties action films of the time. Um, it's very much a dad film, if that makes sense. Uh, but it succeeds so well. It's kind of, it's exactly what I think Tom Cruise is just good at because he's been doing this with the Mission Impossible films. It's just a really competently made um, and made in camera action film that's got just the right amount of heart and the right amount of character and the right amount of comedy and the right amount of action and the right amount of drama. It's just like perfectly formulated to hit well, which is, I think, why it's not been so successful because. I don't think it's a masterpiece, if that makes sense, but it's kind of a masterpiece of the format in some ways. It's just so well realized and well made in that in that regard. Um, I look forward to watching it again. I'm not rushing out to see it again. I don't think it's that good, but like if you're looking for something to watch and there's the right people around who haven't seen it yet, aka Liam, it's like, yeah, let's chuck on Top Gun Maverick. Absolutely watch that again. Don't know how you feel about that, Paul. Does that make sense? Yeah, I totally get that. I think, um, like, I'm so glad I got to see it on the big screen. That seeing IMAX uh, might have been cool. I would, I would have killed seeing IMAX. Um, they, they did like a re-release 
but it didn't hit any of the cities I was in when I was in America. So, um, or else I would have definitely, like, I liked it enough that I would have definitely made the effort and gone to see it again in IMAX. So, uh, I also saw Prey, the new entry in the Predator series. I'm just myself out for this section. You haven't seen Prey either? No. It's, pardon me, it's on. Uh, Apple, Dis- no, Disney, Disney Plus. Plus, sorry. It's on Disney Plus uh, or Hulu, obviously, in the States, but Disney Plus here in Australia. Um, this is made by Dan Trachtenberg, who was the director of 10 Cloverfield Lane, was meant to have been making the Uncharted movie at one point. There were about four different directors attached to that at one stage. And anyway, he also was supposed to originally do Why the Last Man as well. And was meant to do Why the Last Man as well. Fucking hell, yeah. Um, anyway, he got to make Prey. Uh, it was almost a secret Predator movie, the way that it was presented and almost promoted. It, because of the Fox uh, being uh, bought by Disney, it's kind of been shuttered off onto Hulu, which is a real shame. This, like Turning Red, deserves a cinema release. And much like Top Gun, actually, is a great return to the format of a previously great action series and made competently like it was from the 80s or 90s um, with modern sensibilities and a modern twist. Who would have thought that making a new Predator movie was a simple, a good new Predator movie was as simple as let's make Predator but different setting. Like yeah. let's make Predator but rather than guys with machine guns, let's put them in 1700s Comanche... Um, America, basically. It is excellent. A really, really, really great, like, and tight action film. I really, really liked Prey. Definitely highly recommend it. If you're a Predator fan, it's the best Predator film since the first one. Yeah, I would second that. It's it's a solid, solid, fun time. Very, really ve- well made. Absolutely. Had a really good time with it. Did that as actually a, um, a watch party with a couple of friends in Bendigo. We were just basically watching that in unison and texting each other back and forth. And it was a really fun time. It was a great way oh, to watch yeah, the I film, wasn't mute, it? I had to mute that, uh, that, <laughs> that uh, group chat because of it. Because um, you... <laughs> sure. I wasn't watching it. Uh, also, did we ever talk about RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars Season 7 and how that finished? I don't think we did because I think it was still going when we... Mm, no, we didn't. definitely could have stepped out for this. <laughs> <laughs> we... We, so, this was, uh, yeah, the latest season of All Stars, Drag Race All Stars, season seven. The last time we talked about it, I think Snatch Game had just happened, basically. Okay. And we were both very, very happy with Jinx Monsoon in that. Uh, are we let, should we talk spoilers for this? Yeah, sure. I mean, everyone who cares would have seen it by now. Spoilers for All Stars season seven. <laughs> Jinx Monsoon won. Jinx is the queen of all queens. Justice was served. This had to happen, right? Yeah, I mean, they even changed the ending to make it happen. They 80-yard lines to justify it. Very obviously made sure to justify the decision. (laughs) Because if it really did come down to the lip sync, it probably should have gone to... uh, Who was it in the end? Um, Uh, Monet Exchange. Monet Exchange, thank you. Um, I was going to say Shake Cool Lake because we were talking about it earlier. No, Monet Exchange. And... But ultimately, the best contestant of that season. And some of the strongest... One of the strongest contestants I've seen on Drag Race in general. Like, her season was phenomenal. Apart from, basically, the episode where they had to make a garment. um, 
Shay was uh, uh, not Shay, sorry, Jinx was stellar throughout the entire thing, and also a really great season just in general of RuPaul. I thought I if it hadn't been Jinx and Monet Exchange had won or Trinity the Tuck. I would have been okay with that. They were all extremely fun this season, I thought. Really, really great stuff. Are you planning to go see their Australian tour when they come next I year? I have tickets. Oh, how exciting. I'm very excited. <laughs> I found out because I didn't know until the week beforehand that Jinx was in Australia at the same time as the finale. Yeah. She was in fucking Melbourne. Of, I think chances were that show had been sold out for months, if well, not it was sold over out a for year. Two, it was sold out for two years. Two years. COVID yeah. got in the way because, yeah. God, it would have been fun to have been at that performance. Yeah. So, when news got around that uh, they're coming, that Jinx is coming out with Monet and Trinity, actually, isn't it? It's those three, yeah. isn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's coming out next year. Yeah. Steph and I book tickets. So, looking forward to that. And have you been watching Australia down under? Um, yeah, I watched the first three or four episodes and I've sort of fallen off it. Steph's continued to watch it without me. She said the last episode was really good, the one where they did the makeovers. Um, but otherwise, I think it's better than the last season, but that's not saying a lot. Yeah, it's very much like one episode will be fucking terrible and the next (laughs) one will be good. Like, it's, it's been very inconsistent. I, th- I think part of the problem is also, like, finishing All-Stars Season 7, literally, like, only winners yeah. in one of the best seasons of RuPaul that I've personally watched, followed by Let's Go Back to Drag Race All-Stars, was yeah. a little bit of, like, it was hard to go from that quality back down to... Yeah. it's Because it's, it's not just the queens, necessarily, that aren't quite to the standard. The production values on the... Australian version of this show is just yes. not there. Subpar. It is subpar. It is lit so fucking poorly. It yeah. drives me insane. I cannot yeah. believe that this is getting the rubber stamp of approval to be produced and shown on television. In one, of, in one of the last episodes of RuPaul's uh, microphone cuts out. Are you serious? Like, yeah. So, like, it's, like, full, like, the room... Uh, audio you're hearing like with full echo like they dubbed the ending of all-star season seven why not do adr for that for fuck's sake hey everybody working on rupaul's drag race australia i have an audio booth if you want to come Come find me you can use it for free you'll need to get rupaul in there as well though unfortunately i'm pretty sure all the production is done in in new zealand not australia so it's true too um Really, really quickly, because 99.9%, if not 100% of listeners will not care about this. But if you're a sport person at all, Mm. Aussie Rules AFL Finals are on currently. It's into its third or fourth week this coming weekend. And if you've ever been curious about the sport, now might be the time just to watch a game or two. Because the final series has been unbelievably high-quality football. I think it's the best... Example of the sport I've seen. Um, if if you were ever curious, now is the time to watch. I think it, they're producing an incredible product at the moment. I don't think anyone cares about that, but I seriously. I completely agree. I completely agree. On the same note, if you want to see a comedy of errors, you should watch the F1, Ferrari, <laughs> and... <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but everyone should watch Drive to Survive, fantastic Netflix documentary about the F1, and you might actually get really interested in it. Anyway, this season of... Uh, of the F1 has been, uh, what's the word? 
uh, traumatic. Traumatic. <laughs> if you're a Ferrari if fan, you're a Ferrari fan, like I decided to be before the season started. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. Let's get to a little bit of spoiler talk for Only Murders in the Building Season 2. You're now entering the spoiler zone. All right, we can go for two hours, guys. Let's keep this quick. Only Murders in the Building Season 2. I wasn't a huge fan of Season 1. I didn't hate it, but I certainly didn't love it nearly as much as the internet seemed to. What do you guys think of Season 2? Um... I, for the most part, I think I enjoyed the season more than I enjoyed the first season as a whole. I thought the uh, B characters, like the supporting cast, had a lot more to sh- had a more chance to shine in this show than they did in the last season, and I, th- I enjoyed those stories. Obviously, Steve Martin and Martin Short and Selena Gomez together are incredible, um, and that you don't lose that at all. Um, but uh, the last episode was underwhelming and disappointing. Ah, like what in particular you weren't happy with who the reveal was? I'm not happy with the fact, I think the last episode ruined the whole season because the, the reveal of who it was made no sense and it didn't give the audience any sort of agency to try and figure it out. And I know for a fact that Brod agrees with me on this because, like, imagine if I gaslit you. I'm about to tell you I love the season. I, I know you're not going to. Put you at the end. You, of- you had an, we had an argument with our mother about this. You're not going to do this. <laughs> I'm pretty um, committed to embarrassing you, I must say. Oh, good luck. Um, you going to agree with Paul on this one? <laughs> good point. I'm back around. It- <laughs> sorry, sorry, Paul. Um, um, it just. It made no sense. It made no sense for it to be that person. And it the show would set up someone else to be the reason or multiple people that it could be. At no point did it could it be this person. And there was no reason or clues or anything earlier in the in the show for it to be this person to be the, the ultimate killer. Until the last episode where they literally explain it to you as the episode goes. And it's disappointing. Because like to me, because it after I know we um, obviously compare it to shows like After Party, where it is a solvable mystery and satisfying this, because the, it's it is solvable. solvable. Yeah, it's a it's a legitimate puzzle, and I don't think Only Murders in the Building neither season and this one worse even than the first one is yeah. a legitimate puzzle. Um, not only that, the problem I have with the finale is that. It wasn't even solved by our the core trios. Yeah. Ultimately, what solves the murder was the murderer leaving the murder weapon in Steve Martin's apartment. They eventually give it to the police. The police do what they would have done if they'd just gotten the murder weapon earlier, which is do a DNA test on it and figure out who had the knife. And they wouldn't have known who that was unless the murderer had confessed that she was that person for no she reason was, that for was no that, reason not because all. of anything that our heroes did she just was frustrated just in the moment blurted it out it doesn't make any sense it's like the, as a story and as a mystery unfolding it is unbelievably unsatisfying which i think i could forgive if the show wasn't about solving a fucking mystery 
and the whole idea is about them solving this thing the whole way. Like, especially when they do things like put Easter eggs in the opening titles and the end credit sequence to like leave breadcrumbs to try and suggest that these are important clues. Like, they do present it as being a legitimate murder mystery, but then don't do the work to actually have a legitimate and satisfying answer to that. And that is has run its course with me basically at this point. It as a I think it is I put it in a tweet. It is a mildly amusing but terribly but is a mildly amusing comedy and a terrible murder mystery show. Also, what the fuck was Amy Schumer doing in this show this season? <laughs> she was in it for two two episodes and had no reason to be in this show. There were, her character had no motivation for it to be in this show and important. It's like they forgot about her after the three, four episodes. Like, oh, right, Amy Schumer was in this. Early on, one of my favorite episodes was the one that was centered on Bunny, who was the victim. And is an interesting character because she is obviously not an easily likable person, right? She has a, um, a difficult personality, but we get to know more about her. We get to know more about her life inside the Arconian. We get to know more about the people around her. We get to see her last day. And I assumed that that would be important to the outcome and the, and the result of her murder. Turns out it wasn't. Not only is this not helping or getting us any close to figuring out or having any chance of figuring out who the murderer is, the term only murders in the building, like this wasn't anyone in the building that did the murder. It was someone outside of the building that did the murder, which is just not satisfying. Like, the setup is just not there. And the motivations for the murderer are so undercooked, are so underwhelming that they would murder a person to do what they did. Does that make sense? Like, mm. the the murderer kills a woman to get a podcast, to get her own podcast, to get a story that she wants made by... Um, uh, Tina Fey's character, but all her angst seems to be directed toward Tina Fey's character. Surely the only person she had motive to kill was Tina Fey's character, not fucking Bunny. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's it's not satisfying on any level, I don't think. Completely. I agree. think this is going to be another case of, uh, like, the Upload Season 2 review. Where, <laughs> all right, let's cut let's, that's where, the end of the episode. <laughs> Thanks for coming. Where I agree with everything you said. Oh. <laughs> but I still enjoy <laughs> the God. season. That, like, I, I, I think I'm at this point where the show for me is like a, a hangout sitcom. I love Steve Martin, and Martin Short, and Selena Gomez's character so much. Just hanging around them sure. is almost enough then for call, me at this then point. Then call the show the Arconia and have it yeah. about the people who live there. Don't make it a murder mystery. Yeah, I, I get that, but also like. It it didn't like I get everything you're saying, but it didn't make me go. I I fucking hated this season. Like it was like okay. Like I I definitely found the the season one finale more satisfying than this one for sure. Um, well, the thing that but, season but one then- finale, even if the mystery wasn't that much better in season one, at least the connection directly to Steve Martin's character meant there was more stakes involved. In like there was more character stakes and more for the characters to do around that revelation than there was with this one yeah but then that again like then the flash forward at the end 
really now nah, fuck that back. that's the problem that's the problem they hook you with an idea but they don't intend to make good with it and also, that's the bit is- that i don't that's the bit i'm not i don't want to i'm not going to fall for that trick three times oh so that's it for you guys in the show no no i'll probably I watch it definitely watch i'll probably watch things. it but <laughs> but i am not going to pretend i'm not going in with any intention of getting invested in the murder side of things even though it it keeps telling me i should <laughs> Yeah. Because and of what, the way it produces these episodes. And is the new season going to be called Only Murders in a Building? Because it's not <laughs> no even longer in, in that building. building. Yeah, exactly right. Unless maybe that big renovation they were doing was to create a theatre on top of <laughs> the Arconian. Um, yeah, it, yeah, it's, it's already destroyed its own premise. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'll, I will probably watch it because it is at half an hour once a week. Yeah, the, uh, and Steve Martin has said this is it. Once this show's ended, he will never act again. No, that's oh, that, that, keep that, it going forever. That's I'll <laughs> I'll eat my words. That's <laughs> a bad motivation. Realistically, the thing that keeps me watching the show more than anything is Martin Short. I think yeah. his some of his line reads in this show are out of this world good. There was one. Um, he did it was in the last episode right it was just before the cut to the title sequence it, it it was just saying this episode doesn't really feel like a finale does it and it was just the way he said it it was like just it was this close to breaking the fourth. it was leaning against the fourth wall but didn't quite break it <laughs> it was, was just at the fourth yeah, wall, yeah it was just just right there it was beautifully beautifully delivered even the way he yelled when um he found Teddy, I think it is, in the elevator. Is like, you're my son's dad, or whatever it is, and the way he yelled at him. I don't know. There was some. There was a real passion, and yeah. that that character is by far the most interesting part of this show. I think he's great. Uh, I think. Yeah, I mean, I have nothing to say. Nothing bad to say about the people that are in this show. The characters and the actors are fantastic. Mm-hmm. I just wish the premise they they which was written better, written written better. Even the like. The writing is funny. The dialogue like, is funny. The dialogue what is funny. I mean, is the, the writing, writing is bad. Story, yeah. I wish it lived up to its premise, yeah. which it just doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. And even on a production value, I think the show looks beautiful. Yeah. I love the musical score. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's yeah. great. Yeah. Um, it's the- But you can't polish... <laughs> it's, you know what I mean? Like a turd of writing. No, 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 no. There's, that's the thing. It's not, it's not unenjoyable. It's just become frustrating, I think. It has potential, but it's just not. It's not reaching it. That's always the thing that makes it worse, right? Is because there are so many strong elements, but it keeps stuffing up the one it keeps telling me I should invest in. Yeah. Um. Very. It it just frustrates because it could be, I, I it could be as good as some people seem to to, as some people find it. Does it make sense? Yeah. But it's. it's just keeps tripping over its own fucking feet at the end of its seasons. It's very frustrating. And just like I keep thinking of the storylines that show up during this season that never really go as far as they should. There's like the the stuff that's going on with Steve Martin. He's having flashbacks to when his dad was like leaving him outside the building. He was doing stuff. I'm like, oh, this is really interesting. Like Steve Martin's character's got some unresolved daddy issues. It doesn't really go any further with it in any meaningful way. Mm. It's frustrating. It's frustrating. That's it. That's my thoughts on uh, Only Murders in the Building, unless we happen to review it, which I'm pretty sure is not happening now. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode. Paul, where can people find you? What's happening with um, the Swapcast podcast? 
so our latest episode, as I mentioned earlier, was Get Out, um, the Jordan Peele classic. And the next one, which I'll actually be recording tomorrow, mm. um, is a film called Family Swap, uh, which I actually just watched today. And it's a French comedy from a couple of years ago. I think actually last year um, about a family of five that all swap bodies with each other. So like the dad becomes the son and the mum becomes the daughter and um, all the hijinks that ensue there. Um, and watching the film, uh, I think it's going to be a very interesting episode because there's some fucked up shit that happens in that movie. Um, so it'll be no, fun to... No, no, they didn't. They it. didn't do that, did they? Um, <laughs> when no. Are gonna, when are you guys going to review Wife Swap, the TV what? show? Well, when the it becomes a reality. body, when it becomes a body swap, which it never will. You don't know. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, you can find us on anywhere, anywhere you can find podcasts. You can find us, um, Spotify, wherever you're listening to this, you can find mm. us. And then um, we're on all the social medias. But the best way to get in contact with us is our Instagram, which is also where you'll find shirtless pictures of all the men in our films. Liam, where can people find shirtless pictures of you? Uh, well, uh, my OnlyFans is... <laughs> um, We're all going to pay that rent, don't we? <laughs> uh, if you want to find stuff that I do on the internet, you should look at my Twitch, which is... Uh, my username is Liam Draws underscore. The underscore is the symbol, not the word. Um, and also on Instagram, Liam G Draws. And also Twitter is Liam Gordis. There you go. Um, also, there is a new podcast coming out that both of you have been on but haven't uh, released yet. It's coming, I promise. Just you wait. <laughs> uh, thanks, guys. Thank you again for coming on. Uh, another record-length episode of Off Topic Hot Topic. Well Appreciate done. that. We did it. Well, I mean, we do these <laughs> once every two or three months at the moment, so there's no wonder that they get blown out. We've got so much to talk about. Uh, but appreciate that. We'll be back with another Off Topic Hot Topic in a couple of months, probably, and our next review episode of Hunting Seasons. If you haven't listened to it yet, go back and listen to our review episode of... What was the show that we just fucking released? A League of Their Own. Thank you, A League of Their Own. (laughs) We need to finish that show, Paul, (laughs) so we can listen to the episode. (laughs) Uh, Go and listen to our review of League of Their Own, and the next upcoming review episode in a week or two will be Barry Season 3, which I've been holding off on watching until we got a chance to review it. I cannot wait. Um, yeah, take it or leave it. I won't be listening. <laughs> we will see you next time. These guys aren't invited back onto the show ever again. <laughs> bye. bye. See you, bye. Good night, everybody. Absolutely. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.